It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, the, the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. And it is a Friday. Here we go. On the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Big J journalist Matt Catarizzolo here uh, as well with us. A busy show today on Friday. Evan knows that I love shows on Friday. I know what I Matt, I know what Matt love loves on Fridays. So Friday the only reason I'm here. Death Matt. Matt. <laughs> and it's literally the only reason he's here. He's not even here to do his job. No, uh, I, I came here and I ended up getting a free hat, so I mean, it's a good day so far. It's so far. It's <laughs> pretty glad that I'm here. Friday Athlete Deathmatch coming up at the end of the show. We make picks uh, for sure for the four best gambling picks of the weekend coming up in about an hour. Uh, but I do want to begin with this. We are absolutely loaded on this Friday. Let's be clear about one thing in the NFL. You are constantly evaluating. Every guy is under the microscope, and if changes need to be made the organization will make them. Now, I've said it many times before. That it's incredibly hard to get quarterback right. Incredibly hard. You might think you have your guy, but you actually don't. And then the other way around is also true. It, there are, you take it game by game with your roster, especially with your quarterback. And there are no exceptions to the rule. Because you are constantly evaluated. Russell Wilson gets evaluated by Seattle. Patrick Mahomes gets evaluated by Kansas City. No exception to the rule exists in the league. Okay, They want every single ounce of information going forward so they know what they're up against later. So last night, the Texans beat Indianapolis at home 20-17. to It was a close game throughout, tied at 10 at halftime. Uh, nobody could pull away. It was not a great offensive game. Neither quarterback played great. Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett both had their struggles. But the difference in the game was at the end of the game. Deshaun Watson could make the plays, and Jacoby Brissett couldn't. The Colts are evaluating quarterback this morning. Okay? I've said it a lot of the time. I think the Colts have their quarterback. I do. But I'm willing to be flexible on that. Okay? The the Colts have to think to themselves, we have to play Deshaun Watson twice a year. He keeps getting better. He's going to win an MVP eventually if it's not this year. He's a top eight quarterback in the the league. What do we have to do to get over him? What do we got to do for that? I am certain that Jacoby Brissett is part of that conversation. Chris Ballard is going to look at everything, and he's watching last night and saying, do we have faith in this? Do we have undisputable faith in Jacoby Brissett as our future? Okay, remember, Colts gave Jacoby Brissett a two-year $15 million million contract. Well, actually, two years, 30, $15 million a year. That, I like to call that a will-see contract. That's what we like to call that. He, he holds down the fort for a good price so we can evaluate what we have. Now, like I said, I've said it before, that I like Jacoby Brissett. Based on what I've seen this year, 
I think it's possible that he's their guy. I, I do not think this is a set-in-stone answer. But he does have those moments where a play has to get made and he struggles to make it. He does. He's a good player and a good quarterback. But is he enough at quarterback? That's what the Colts have to ask themselves. On the final drive of the game, when Jacoby Brissett is scrambling to get that first down, and he comes up short, I can tell you the one thing the Colts are thinking about. Andrew Luck. I'm not telling you that they're wishing they had him back, but are they asking themselves if he would have made that play? Absolutely. Take the situation under account. The Colts play in the AFC South. It is right there. The division is right there. They've killed the draft. They've built a stellar offensive line. They have a really solid young running back. They have, they have the right coach in place. Frank Reich is fantastic. A young, developing defense. And, again... Maybe a nice young quarterback. But we're looking at this saying, okay, is, is it actually Jacoby Brissett? Is this guy going to be enough? Right? Jacksonville's got a great defense. We don't know what they are at quarterback, but Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, they've, put, they've both put together pretty good football games this year. Okay, Tennessee, they're going to draft a new quarterback this year. I don't know who it is. Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, one of those guys. They will draft another quarterback. They have a good defense. That Most people believe they're the quarterback away. They have a good roster. Maybe another wide receiver or two. But they have a nice roster. This is a good football team. Or it could be a good football team. But right now your focus is Houston. Houston kings this division right now. They're the only team in the division that are surefire at quarterback. Deshaun Watson is a star, and he will be for a long time. He wins big games. He's an absolute gamer, extremely talented. Deshaun Watson is Houston's answer. And Indianapolis, with that roster, I like to, I like to bring up the point of uh, rosters have different stages. The Houston, they have the rebuilding stage, the uh, out of rebuilding stage, the almost there phase, and then they have the okay, we're ready phase. Houston, right now, is in the we're ready phase. They've got pass rushers, they've built an offensive line. Say what you want, Deshaun Watson got sacked once last night. They have played much better lately. They have the offensive line, they have a running game, they got receivers, they have their star quarterback. They're ready. Could they fill in some holes in the secondary? Yes, they could. Linebacker, good. Cunningham and McKinney are great players. Solid. They have the roster ready. Indianapolis, great O-line, but they're building up the defense. They're in the almost there phase. They are the future best roster in the division. They're not the right now roster in the division. So like I said, they'll be evaluating everything. And they're going to be wondering to themselves, is Jacoby Brissett going to be our answer? Does Andrew Luck make the play that he couldn't? 
And I'm not telling you that it was going to be the exact play. Oh, Andrew Luck scrambles and makes that play. No, does Andrew Luck find an open guy in that play? Does he make a right read? It, does Frank Reich call a different play because he has Andrew Luck instead of Jacoby Brissett? Those are the questions they're asking themselves. And like I said, they're giving, them two, they're giving it two years to try to figure this out. But it, you've got to kind of keep in mind, it is absolutely 100% possible that Indianapolis is thinking this morning, are we sure about this? Are we sure about this? Okay, I, listen, I've heard it before. Tua drops in the first round. I, I, listen, I'm not saying they should do it. I'm saying they could do it. If they don't feel Jacoby Brissett is the answer, don't be surprised if they address it. All right. You now know, let's make people really uncomfortable. Tua's going to need protect. just like one more thing. Tua's going to need protection when he comes in the league. That's why when you made that point, I, it's a good thing that he's going to drop because if he goes to a team like Indianapolis with that great, a great, young, offensive, great line. young offensive line, Quentin Nelson is, gonna, is, on his, is on the right path to be one of the top three guards in the league. Yeah. He is just on. Un- he, prob- he might already be one. He is incredible. It's, it's like Zach Martin, Marshall Yonda, and, and then, him. Yeah. So, you know, Tua's there. What's the number one concern with Tua right now? Injuries. Injuries. So, you know, two ankle surgeries, a knee, and now a hip. Okay. That's, you got to question his mobility at that point. And if he comes back and makes a full recovery, which I believe he's expected to do. Right. Yeah. I don't want him to go to a team like Cincinnati. I don't want him to go to a team like Miami. No. So, if you want to put him in the best situation for him to succeed long term, with those weapons, that great ownership, great coaching, fantastic offensive line, I don't think there's a better fit than Indianapolis. And the coaching is also there, Frank Reich. Frank Absolutely. Reich, Frank Reich will coach him up. It turns out Jacoby Brissett, the stats are there, 64 completion percentage. Uh, the passing yards on high, he's only got 1,926 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, 4 picks, 95 passer rating. With yeah. a couple of games hurt. With so couple, I, I, he's, I don't... Yeah, he's missed a couple of games, sure. I think Brissett has been efficient. I think Brissett has been good for the, for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh I like the two-year contract because it gives them time to evaluate. It gives them time to look at them uh, and see what they have. I think that's key right there for the Colts. Cause that's the thing, though. Like, Luck, they didn't – it's not like they chose to move on from Andrew Luck to Brissette. Luck retired abruptly. Right. So they had no, – right. it, it was just they had to change. They didn't have a choice but right. to have they him. Had to, yeah. They had to change horses in midstream. And I think right. Brissette has been an effective placeholder, but I think that's really his ceiling. I think he could be a good backup – yeah, I don't know. Like Indianapolis. That's that's my thing. Is I like there are moments where I watch Jacoby Brissett. I'm just like, okay, yeah, he's like the good. game against Denver. He, the game against Denver. The, 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 the last, first the, the first game against Houston. He torched Houston in the first matchup in Indianapolis. But again, there are those games where you do watch him and you're just like, they might have to. Like, okay, he's look that's at this. a backup quarterback. Like I look like it's different when you look at a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Like Teddy Bridgewater could be a legitimate starter on I could name like ten teams off the top of my head right now. Well, right, Teddy Bridgewater was not a drop off from Drew Brees. Right, exactly. They went undefeated without him, and I mean, obviously. And I always thought Teddy Bridgewater could play. It's just he could never stay healthy. Yeah, he just got hurt. So I mean, if you think about what the gap between you know starting quarterbacks and backup quarterbacks are in this league, it's pretty significant. Outside yeah. of I think. Because think about last season with the Colts. They made it to the playoffs. Pretty, and they, they, they were behind finally. And, you know, it's, it's so, that's what makes this, this Andrew Luck retirement so tragic. Like, they finally gave him everything he needed. He was getting pounded his first 
four or five years in the NFL. Right. He's getting, like, getting decimated, like just taking unnecessary hits every single season, not staying healthy, playing, staying out games. And then finally, good offensive line, solid running game, good receivers, stellar defense, uh, defensive rookie of the year, Darius Leonard, great coach, great GM with Chris Ballard. Yeah. Retires. Like it's oh, it's it's one of, it's one of the great like tragedies in sports. Right. It sucks. All right. So I want to move on to something. Let's uh, let's start making people a little bit more uncomfortable. Touchy subject. I get it. But I'm going to be very brash on this. So Miles Garrett had a hearing. He had an appeals hearing for his suspension for hitting Mason Rudolph in the head with a helmet. Uh, And in that hearing, it was reported that he claimed that Mason Rudolph, during that whole scrum, called him some sort of racial slur. And there is no audio. The NFL could not confirm it. Uh, Therefore, they are not holding it against Mason Rudolph. Uh, But here's here's my deal. Miles Garrett better be telling the truth. If he isn't telling the truth, then I'm done with him. I'm done with him. And I think that part, uh, here's the biggest problem I have. Is people will look at this situation and actually think, well, if Miles, I'm sorry, if Mason Rudolph called Miles Garrett the N-word, then My- Mason Rudolph should get exactly the same of what Miles Garrett got, if not more. You've got to be kidding me with that. I think that that speaks to where we are. If, the- if nothing else does, that does. Do we really not see the difference? We don't see the difference here. There is a massive discrepancy, a massive gap in calling somebody a racial slur and almost killing somebody with a helmet. Get, get the same suspension. That's what I said in the immediate, while I was watching, because I saw this, I watched this happen like, yeah. live on that Thursday night game. I saw, and... You know, Mason Rudolph's helmet was off, so you can see his face, his expressions a little bit more clearly, as opposed to Miles Garrett, who was, you know, still had this helmet on. But the first thing I thought was, dude, what did Mason Rudolph say? Because he didn't like. Right. You can Everybody's see, you head can went see there. him. You can see him like trying to, you know, it, like I don't know if it was at the point in the fight where he was defending himself or if he was trying to instigate whatever. But I was like, dude, Miles Garrett heard something and saw red. And we don't know what it is, but what's what's well, what's, right? I mean, but, it could it could have just been f you. You're uh, okay, but you know, it's, okay, you know it's, what I mean? it's the NFL. It's the NFL. Right. That, that, you know, that, that's trash talking. You bring racial slurs into it, like, dude, you don't do that. But that's 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 number one. Number two, the only thing that's a little suspicious about this is the timing. This is a week later. Why are you right. just? Bring, why is this? Why did you? You not, didn't tell any of your teammates. You didn't tell any of your teammates. None of the coaching staff in the immediate aftermath of the game, when the emotions are that much higher. He didn't say it in front of the media, right? Which, he, know, dude, well, he knows. Give what, or take that, but he knows what he just did. Okay, on national television, on a primetime rivalry game, 
He knows what he just did. Right. If, if I'm Miles Garrett, I'm like, dude, I, I get it. That was that was crossing the line. But y- you guys didn't hear what he said to me. So why is he? Why did he wait a well, week? Well, that's what I mean. That's is, the only thing that's a little weird to me. It's this like, is what this situation looks like to me. All right, Miles Garrett's course of action is in my in my eyes. This happens. Originally, he takes responsibility for his actions. I overreacted. I should not have gone that far. It was foolish of me. Everything like that. Doesn't, Miles Garrett takes responsibility for what he did. Doesn't reflect which, my character and right. things like that. I respected that out of Miles Garrett. I respected that. Then he hears sports media. He hears around the league. Miles Garrett's a dirty player. Miles Garrett is this. Miles Garrett should be banned from the league. Miles Garrett is a violent player. This is not his first instance. This is, he's saying it's out of character, but maybe it's not. He punched Delaney Walker in the face and got fined 10 grand for it. Right. He got fined on the hits on Nick Falk, too. Right. So let's think about this. Miles Garrett in his hearing, and I get that it's a private setting. You can't possibly believe that Miles Garrett does not think that if he says something in that hearing, that it won't come out. He's been along this game. He's been in this game long enough. He's young enough to understand that nothing in the world is private, especially when you're a professional athlete. Right. So when Josina Anderson brought it up, maybe Miles Garrett wasn't even thinking about it, and Miles Garrett said. All right, I am catching a lot. I've been catching a lot of heat for the last five days to, to a week. Okay, I know a way to get out of it. All right, you did this to me, Mason Rudolph. Watch this. And this is my thing, is he knows that people are going to cling on to this. He knows how sensitive people are. He knows how sympathetic people are on these certain issues. And like I said, I am not saying that it didn't happen but miles garrett better be telling the truth do you think i'm not giving him the benefit of that no we're never going to find out but do you realize that whatever miles garrett was trying to accomplish is accomplished we're going to say we're going to call miles garrett whatever we want i don't think it's that i don't think it was that easy i think there are still people that's like that are thinking like you that are going to be like there are plenty of people that think like me but that's not the point the point is not to reach the people like me. The point is for the people that don't think like me to start bashing Mason Rudolph the way that we bash Miles well, Garrett. Well, listen, off the rip, no one thought Mason Rudolph was, like, innocent. I don't th- Obviously, he was the one that got hit with the helmet, but I think a fair amount of people around sports media and just on the fan base of the NFL probably were thinking rationally and saying, like, all right, well, like... What did he do to deserve that? And we saw, you can see clearly that Mason Rudolph is saying things. He's punching at Miles Garrett's groin, grabbing at his helmet. You know, just because, just because Miles Garrett successfully attacked Mason Rudolph does not excuse Mason Rudolph from attempting to start with Miles Garrett. Right. So I don't think anyone's really saying like, oh, you know what? No, Mason Rudolph was a victim, he was attacked, and he is, like, completely absolved of all wrongdoing. No, that's, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's the general consensus of the situation. I think that a lot of people see it as 
a, a ridiculously violent overreaction mm-hmm. in a very heat of the moment situation for Miles Garrett. Right. Possibly instigated <clears throat> by whatever Mason Rudolph did or said. So you're right. There are there are going to be discussions because of what Miles Garrett is now saying with the whole racial slur thing. But I don't know. I, I don't think there's going to be any real solution. I don't think it's going to change anything because you're right. We'll never know for sure. There was no mics on a Thursday night primetime rivalry game, which is right. unbelievable to me. But don't you uh, don't you think uh, think about this for a second? Isn't it very easy for? And I'll I'll be blunt. Isn't it very easy to smear somebody as a racist? Yep. Very. You realize that Mason Rudolph is now going to be viewed for the rest of his life as a racist. You know, and he may not have even said anything. You know, it's crazy. But people are going to believe it because Miles Garrett, as a black man, said it in court. And you know what? Miles, listen, even if this doesn't do anything legally to help Miles Garrett... Like, other players are listening to right. this. this well, Miles Garrett this... was not trying to cop out no, Miles... his, his, his own suspension. He was trying to do, he was trying to, you did this to me, I'm doing this to you. Okay, but I'm, yeah, and I think right now what Miles Garrett is thinking in his head is like, all right, dude, have fun with that target on your back now. Because think about it, you think guys around the league that are going to, exactly you think guys around on. the league, like, you think Khalil Mack didn't hear that? You think Zadarius Smith isn't listening to that? When they play Pittsburgh, if they do, I don't even know. But the remaining, ga- the remaining games, all right, you know, let me, let me see. Let me look up Pittsburgh's remaining schedule because. But even regardless, I, like I get your point, but that's, uh, that's the thing is that Mason Rudolph's going to have a target on his back now. Mm-hmm. Listen, the Browns and Steelers. The Browns- it's a lot more serious than that. It I- is a lot more serious than that. And, the, and like I said, the part that bothers me the most is people actually think that they're equal, that those punishments punishments should be equal, Browns and, and that it justifies Miles Garrett. The Browns and Steelers play again on December first. I mean, it's just that's going to be hot, interesting. That's going to be an interesting game. A lot of penalty, a lot of penalties in that game. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna predict. It's gonna be a couple ejections. It's gonna be, it's it's gonna be rough. A couple of flagrants. Yeah, you know, in there. TJ, TJ, a couple of head to heads. TJ Watt, you know, putting a little bit extra pressure on Baker Mayfield. Maybe. I don't know, man. This whole this whole situation is so just incredibly strange. Should have been over and done with. I'm sorry. This happened eight days ago. Okay, it doesn't matter, dude. Like, uh, this this is, happened eight days ago. But this ago. is a testament to the world we live in, okay? I, t- you're right. 20 years ago, everyone's like, yeah, brawl. It's the nature of the game. Two games for Miles Ma- Garrett, two games for Marquise Pouncey. Done. They're back before the season's over. No. Not, not in today's game. Not in today's pampered, more safe NFL. It's not, it's not how it works anymore. And I don't think this is the last one we're going to see I'm like out this. Of, I'm out. All right, uh, coming up next, one team in the NBA has figured out how to perfectly construct a roster. I'm going to tell you who that is next. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
Good to have you back, K-Stack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Matt here on a Friday. Uh, I told you before, I think one NBA team's got their, uh, I, I think their team construction exactly right. Um, and they played last night. I think it's the clear cut. Now, look, I, I don't think that they're the best team in the NBA, but they are the team that has the blueprint. They are, they're the team that got it right. And I think that when it going forward late in the year, th- that's going to help them because they're going to add to this and they're going to get even better. Uh, I think the Milwaukee Bucks have the best roster construct- uh, construction in the entire league. Okay, think about this. We saw last night we had Giannis put up 29, 14, and 15 on a stat line. Ridiculous. Okay, top five player in the NBA. Dude's playing out of his mind right Maybe now. the most physically gifted player in the league right now. So you have Giannis who's going to do that virtually every single game. But Giannis doesn't really shoot very well. He's, he's a very, you know, play from mid-range, score inside the paint, uses physicality to to get his buckets and to make his defensive stops. So they have Giannis. And look at what they did. This is exactly what, I'm t- what people have been trying to do with LeBron for years. They, they threw shooters everywhere. Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Wesley Matthews, Dante DiVincenzo, Kyle Korver, George Hill, Ursan Ilyasova. I mean, uh, the list goes on about how many guys can stroke it from outside and then, obviously, Brooke Lopez could shoot a little bit. You have Robin Lopez as another guy that's in the middle that can protect the rim. This is the way you construct this roster, is you have your uber-athletic, you have your super-hybrid player that could pass, rebound, score on the inside. Again, like teams have been trying to do with LeBron but haven't been able to get it right, and the Bucks did. The Bucks have guys, first of all, I do think that they're not done. I think that they're going to go after a player uh, that's going to be like another shooter, another shooting player that can play good perimeter defense. I think Bradley Beal would be an incredible fit in Milwaukee. Absolutely. Bledsoe, Beal, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez in that starting five, that's the best starting five in basketball. It is. Okay, it's better than Philadelphia. It's better than the Lakers. Dream, Dream scenario, Clay. Yeah, it hurt, though. No, no, no. I mean, well, okay. Just in, 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 like, in, in right, an ideal yeah. world where he's not. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, that would be stupid. Would that be, like, stupid? super hot? That'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> Ridiculous. That'd be but, awesome. But this is exactly where you look at this roster and you say, okay, that's, that is, uh, well, you know, uh, perfect. Like, there, you can't poke a hole in it. You have your star, uber-physical, can score from the inside, and you surround them with guys that can shoot. Isn't that what everybody's trying to accomplish? Okay? The Lakers and the Cavs have been trying to accomplish, accomplish that for the past six years with LeBron. They couldn't do it. Okay? Yeah, they did it in Miami. He had, he had shooters in Miami. It, well, yeah, in Miami they did. But even then, it was not necessarily perfect. Ray Allen and Mike Miller could shoot, but other than that, it was Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole and... Birdman and yeah, it, like that was. Don't forget Mike Miller. Mike Miller could really. I just said Mike Miller. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I said Ray Allen and Mike Miller. Did you really? Could shoot. Yes. I, th- I only heard Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole. I apologize. Yeah, that Norris... hat must be blocking your ears. <laughs> Norris Cole had the best haircut when he had the flat top. 
You remember that? Yeah, it was. Oh fun. God, Norris Cole was, was awesome. That was great. Out of the league now, though. Yeah. Shame. Hope he's doing good wherever he is. Yeah. Shout out to Norris Cole. And he's probably saying for like. CSK Moscow or something like that. He's playing for some overseas team. He's playing for David Blatt somewhere overseas. <laughs> but did you say Shane Battier? Shane Battier. Okay, Shane Battier can shoot. Okay, All right, there we go. But I can off the I can heat, something. But like I said, th- this is why I think Milwaukee could go far in the playoffs. I think they could represent the East again. Extremely well coached, and they have the best roster construction in the league. That. And they're not done adding to this roster. They have a lot of young players that they don't necessarily use that they could trade off for another player. Guys like DJ Wilson. Uh, honestly, if they had to sacrifice somebody like Pat Connaughton, I think they could do that. Um, you know, somebody along the lines of, honestly, Giannis's brother. They could send some of those guys away and maybe a draft pick or two, which they don't need, honestly, and try to bring in another star and go for it. I really do believe this. The Bucks are a legitimate title contender, and it isn't just because of Giannis. It's because of how well that roster is built around him. They built that roster perfectly. They're exceptionally coached, too. Like, Budenholzer is, is phenomenal. He's, he's coach of the year, right? Phen- uh, yeah, but, but that's the thing. Is it, you could agree with this, right? Big, the uber-athletic, superstar guy who doesn't really shoot well, but he's a phenomenal passer. And you surround them with guys that can shoot 40% from outside. See, yeah, I, I agree with that. That's the model that most teams should be following. You know what team that should be following it but really isn't is Philadelphia. They could do the same thing with Ben Simmons. Doesn't shoot well, freakishly athletic, and who's someone you could run your offense around. But they've, sh- okay, and they've surrounded him with shooters. You know, Tobias Harris, they had Jimmy Butler, Redick for a while. Uh, guys like Covington and Sarich before they traded him away to Minnesota. Right. But all of that, but hold on, wait, let's shove Joel Embiid in there. That's the one. That's why I will never really and shove Al Horford. That's the thing. That's why I'll never like believe until that duo breaks up. Don't know why the putt. Don't know why the uh, music so wacky. That's why. That's why Evan sucks at his job. <laughs> but like that. That's why I'll never really have so much faith in Philadelphia. I. That's just. That's a duo in the NBA that doesn't work together. Yeah. Simmons and Embiid. They just don't. They're, and that's that's okay. Like they don't just because they're on the same team doesn't. Philadelphia mean, has too much size. They don't, they they don't have to play together. That's the thing. There have been duos in NBA history that have split up with like Kobe mm. and Shaq, Penny and Shaq. Like there have been guys in the NBA that have just not worked together. It's fine. Right. Well, Kobe and Shaq worked for a while. Penny and Shaq got to a finals, but it doesn't matter. Like the thing is, is that they're the same type of player. And they're stifling each other's potential. Penny and right. Shaq, Penny and Shaq departed because Shaq left their free agency. Right. They just, Shaq left their free agency to the Lakers. Yeah, and then after a while, like I just don't want to see both of their careers wasted because they were trying to make this relationship work when it's not. Right. Like trade away. That's why. Like just trade one of them while, preferably Embiid, while their stock is as high as it is, and then just surround Ben with everything he needs. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You asked uh, yesterday to me, Mike, which uh, on a Twitter poll, wh- who would I start the franchise with, Giannis and Luka Doncic? Uh, that's a that's a great question. A game like yesterday is why why you take Giannis, as great as Luka is. As, as right, but the game like the, the game like Luka had the night before is why you pick Luka. Back to back thirty five plus point but triple doubles. I would take, but I would take good. I would still take Giannis to start my franchise. 20. The guy's fantastic. At twenty, yeah, and Luka's twenty two. Younger than I am. I am older than Luka Doncic. That's a crazy thought. I'm older than Luka Doncic, Juan Soto. And you're here. And and I'm one year younger 
than Glaber Torres. Um, imagine being they are professional. They are stellar professional athletes, and I am here with you guys. Imagine being 18, 19, 20 years old and watching Bryce Harper and Mike Trout debut, <laughs> and you're like, and you just watch him like, it's incredible, man. What are we doing? <laughs> All right, let's go to the news. That's Big J now, journalist Matt Catarazzolo here on a Friday. Now is the news. It's a pretty good uh, transition to baseball. Uh, so we're in the middle, or we're approaching. Uh, what's going to be probably the most interesting baseball offseason in recent memory. So, uh, believe it or not, the team that kicked it off was the Chicago White Sox. They signed former Brewers catcher Yasmani Grandal to an eight-year, $73 million contract. Four-year. Was it four-year? Yeah, you said eight-year. Did I say eight-year? I wrote down eight-year, too. That's crazy. I'm off today. <laughs> but you know what's funny that I, that, I, that I found out about this contract through a little bit more research? This is the largest contract in White Sox franchise history. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. I know. $73 million. That's it. And, there's, and, and they've then, been around for 150 years. I know. And meanwhile, Mike Trav's getting paid half a billion dollars. Right. That's insane. <laughs> But I, I thought this was a good move for the for for the White Sox. Grandal had a career year, you know, averaged like two forty six, like twenty eight homers, something like that. You know, I think, and I think it's interesting because the White Sox always are that. Te- I think I've said this before here. The White Sox are always kind of that team that you hear around big free agents, but you're like, ah, oh, come on, it's the White Sox. They're not going to do anything. And yeah, mostly they haven't. And I think this one they got a good player. For Yasmani Grandal. Now they have a good, they have a pretty formidable offensive arsenal. Think about it. Tim Anderson, Moncada, Abreu's coming back, uh, Eloy Jimenez, and now Grandal. That's not that bad. The White Sox have an opportunity to make some serious noise in the AL Central next year. Yeah. It's an opportunity for them. They really Gio, do. Giolito on the mound, too. Yeah, I mean, well, I was actually really surprised about this just because James McCann played good baseball for them last year. James McCann was good. He was an all-star. So... I'm surprised that they brought in Grandal because I didn't really think that they needed a catcher. But I do like the mo- – listen, it, in baseball, I, I, I've always said this. You can never have too much pitching. You can also never have too many catchers, okay? If, if you have a ton of catchers and you're able to use that versatility, some of them can play first, some of them can play third – I'm pretty sure that if they wanted to do that, you could use that DH role as kind of like a day off kind of deal. They just extended Abreu too. He got like a three year, fifty yeah. million dollar extension. I mean, so the White Sox are spending money. Like I, more- I would not be surprised if the White Sox are one of those surprise teams that makes a gigantic splash this offseason. You know, if if you like, more to your point about having too many catchers, not not having enough catchers. What would, what would the Yankees have done if they didn't have Romine when Sanchez got hurt? You know? Right. So it's it's always good to have more people than not enough. Right. If that makes sense. No, I would say you want to have, as a major league organization, you want to have, I would say, like four catchers in your organization that you can trust to play major league baseball yeah. if they have to. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't mean they that what. All right, you got to sign Yasmani Grandal. Then you have to sign Gary Sanchez. Then you have to sign JT Realmuto. And then you also need to sign Salvador Perez. I, right. Like no. It, have Yasmani Grindal, have James McCann, have that kid Zach Collins that they like, the mm-hmm. kid that looks like Brian McCann, and then have another minor league catcher that's got major league, like Eric Kratz or something like okay. that, and throw him in there as well. So he, if he has to give you major league at-bats, he will. Right. So, I don't know. I, I like the move. I, I was surprised, but I like the move. And like I said, I think Chicago is going to be one of those teams that they're going to – Surprise a lot of people. They're going to be like the Phillies last year. They're going to give out a stupid contract. I'm serious. 
Don't be surprised if they go after Rendon. Yeah. I'm telling you. They, they can move Moncada back to second base and have Rendon play third. Anderson at shortstop. Anderson and at shortstop. Abreu at first. Grandal in the, uh, behind the plate. That's a nice infield. And then in the outfield, you're looking at Eloy Jimenez and... Engel. Probably Engel and Polka. Or, no, I miss, I'm definitely missing somebody. Still, I'm it's definitely not, missing still, somebody. Still, that's, that's, that's not a bad infield. No, it isn't. No, it's one of the better ones in baseball, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so I didn't get your guys' thoughts on this. Uh, so Rocco Baldelli edged out Aaron Boone for manager of the year. Oh, Mike yeah. was oh, Mike was a living machine. I was too. <laughs> I was too, man. I think this is a clear example of Yankee bias. Because Yankee bias is very real. People, not a lot of people think about it. They think that's just like a, Yankee, a, a salty Yankee fan thing. No. Yankee bias is real. And I think it's the, it's the same thing why Altuve won MVP over Judge in 2017. I think it's the same reason why Baldelli won it over Boone. Judge won unanimous rookie of the year that year, too, though. Still, it doesn't matter. There's, and, and, and there are going to be people that are like, oh, it's not a real rookie because it wasn't his first year in the MLB, even though he missed his first season. Like, that's the thing. Like, he had, a, he had more home runs, a better average, more hits. Like, Judge was the clear-cut deserving MVP right. that year. And then when year. Gary Sanchez lost rookie of the year to Michael Fulmer the year before... Like, it was it's just, just like, like it's, we're seeing like, it happen right in front of our eyes. Yeah, I know. That, I'm sorry that uh, Evan, you know how heated I got when uh, what, what did Monica bring it up or did you bring I, it up? I might no. I think I brought. Uh, I, think no, I, I forget it who I forget who brought it up. Look, respect to Rocco Baldelli. I brought it up. Great job. He's yeah, done Rocco Baldelli did a fantastic job this year with the Twins. But I'm sorry. If you had to endure what Aaron Boone had to endure as the Yankees manager, okay, everybody said, I love this. Well, Kevin Cash is actually the one that got snubbed. He had like a $60 million payroll. I'm like, do you realize that 90% of the Yankees payroll got hurt? Like, the most injured team in the history of baseball won 103 games. That's not a thing if you're not a great manager. Right. I'm exactly. sorry. I'm sorry, bro. You you don't you don't manage that type of roster with guys like Mike Ford, Mike Talkman, like the guys that just Tyro Estrada, Tyro Cameron Maben, Bravik Valera. Who is Bravik Valera? You had you to replace Miguel Andujar with Gio Urshela. You don't do that. You don't do that. Giancarlo Stanton, one of the best players in baseball, plays like eight games. Judge misses time. Dylan Batantis. Gary misses time. Severino. No Dylan Batantis. No Severino. The list goes on and on. No Aaron Hicks. Just the list goes on and on. DD misses time. Voight misses time. Like, and, and somehow. Nothing out of Greg Bird. Nothing out of Greg Bird. And he's not even on the team anymore. Like, finally, finally, we we get all these great guys, and they all can't play. Somehow, Boone manages this team to the a- to to the ALCS. Right. Oh, I, it blows I, my mind, dude. Like it's just it's I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I never will. Look at him. Look at that. Look at him. He's like sucks. No. sucks. Look at him. That's You need to win an Emmy for that. That was great. But that was I mean, a I mean, come on, man. If you can't recognize that Yankee bias is real because the evidence is right in front of your face, I'm sorry, I don't know what baseball you're watching. That was a pipe bomb right there, as CM Punk would say. That's a pipe bomb. Oh. And I wish, I wish I could see this from an outside perspective. I wish I could see this from not a New York perspective. If I was not a Yankee, if I was like a Braves fan, I wish I could see this how, like, outside, outside fan bases see this. 
Because I wonder if people are really saying, like, oh, man, no, you know what? Actually, I think Aaron Boone deserved that. Or no, just people just love I'll be show. honest with you. People just I, love like, to hate the Yankees. I've, it, it, this is, again, nothing against Rocco Baldelli. But I've, I haven't heard once. If I've heard somebody got screwed out of manager of the year, it's either been Kevin Cash or Aaron Boone. I have not heard anybody say, yeah, Rocco Baldelli deserved it. No, like, it's, all, I, it's all who should have got it. Right. And honestly, I think they got the National League right. The National League should have gone to Mike Schilt. But yeah, first guy to never play in the majors to win manager of the year. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm so awesome. in on that. But for him. Aaron Boone should have won American League Manager of the Year, and it should not have even been close. Should not have, He should have gotten 25 first-place votes. I'm sorry. I, I, it shouldn't have even been close. All right, finally. Can you even continue? I'm, I'm, I'm coming down. I'm coming down from it, but okay, fine. Let's end, so, on, let's end on something happy. Mike, Matt's going to walk to MLB's. MLB's always be like, go, get, go put that Manager of the Year award to the Bronx! So I need, uh, I need something happy to kind of lift our spirits. So, uh... A tradition that DeAndre Hopkins has after every touchdown he scores, he finds his mother in the stands, he's blind, and gives her the game ball. She got two last night. I don't know, man. I think that's like the best tradition in sports right now. Yeah, that's great. I think that's awesome. That's great. And, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins had six catches for 94 yards and two scores last night, including the go-ahead from from Sean Watson, which was awesome. Beautiful catch. If you guys saw that, it was a little bit in front of him. He just extended fully and caught it right on the nose. Oh, the guy's the guy's incredible. The guy's really the guy's really all time, and you could make a legitimate argument that he's the best wide receiver in football. Yeah, you can. I still think it's. I think it's. I think it's pretty clear cut who like the best two are, though, right? I still think Julio is number one. I'll still put Julio at number one, and then D Hop number two, probably Michael Thomas at three. I was gonna say D Hop and Michael Thomas. I think are well. This season, Michael Thomas is just playing out of his mind. The guy just how doesn't Michael, drop how doesn't drop passes. How Michael Thomas is not really in a true running for MVP is beyond me. We're six games left into the season. This is an incredible ninety-four catches over a thousand yards. This I'm is not a, dropping it. Uh, you drop it. I'm drop not dropping it. I'm not this dropping it. Dude, this is no. It's this is a quarterback. It's a award. I, no, it's not. No, it's so what? No, it's, listen. The year Brady, the guy's having a great year. No, the year Brady in in two thousand. I think what was it? Two thousand seventeen when Brady won MVP. I thought it. I thought it easily should have gone to Todd Gurley. Easily should have gone to Todd Gurley. Evan, let's let me ask you this. Does Michael Thomas deserve MVP more than Lamar Jackson? Oh, I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to bring that up. Yes. No, no he stop. does yes. not. Stop it. Stop it. Lamar Jackson Michael playing Thomas, really well. Michael Thomas doesn't even deserve it more than Christian McCaffrey. And Lamar Jackson and I, and playing and really I'm, well. And I'm agreeing with you, Evan. I think Michael Thomas is an MVP candidate, but there's the Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Christian McCaffrey are all yeah, easily does, ahead does, of him. Does Michael Thomas deserve it more than Russell Wilson? Does if you say yes, I'm going to come over there and clock you in the <laughs> nostril, Evan. If you say yes, I'm going to... In that beak. I'm going to lose my marbles if you say yes, Evan. <laughs> Does he deserve it more than Russell Wilson? Yeah. Coin flip. Oh, stop. Stop. Coin flip. Coin flip. stop. I might have to. Uh, coin flip. It's a come tough on. one. That's like the most insane. He's got like a one interception like a, on the on the year. Coin with flip. With like 19 touchdowns. I would No, if I had to choose, if you had to give me a choice, it's a tough choice. I probably would still say Russell Wilson. But Michael, oh, but Michael Thomas is having, but Michael Thomas is having a starkly great year. He is having a historically oh. great year. He could win Offensive Player of the Year. But listen, look, he, I, he won't. let me just let me just say this, okay? I'm gonna throw up. I really am. Right? It, we we all realize that oh. sports are moving towards analytical, are moving more analytical, right? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold so on. Hang on. on. Who deserves MVP? Russell Wilson. Now you're gonna bring up analytics. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, or Dak Prescott? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Um, 
Lamar Jackson. No, no, wait, no. Yeah, you're saying from a standpoint. If we're Mike, talking, okay. Mike just Mike brought the other day. Analytics and analytics. Dak Press is having an analytically historic, analytically historical if season. We're talking so about we're gonna include we're gonna include analytics in this. All right. Dak, if we're, Dak if, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. Is I'm it saying, Dak? I'm saying okay. Russell. From a strictly okay. analytical standpoint, from I'm saying analytics, Russell. Analytics. From an analytical standpoint. From an analytical standpoint, Dak Prescott's the MVP of the league. But the reason I'm uh, all right, Matt, fine. His, okay, and, Matt, and, and his from an, so you're right. From an analytical standpoint, you're right. But what 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 were we just talking about before the show? Who's well, he played? Here's, here's Who's my, he played? Uh, the okay. Giants twice, the, the Dolphins, the Redskins. Okay, but what what I'm trying to push towards Evan is if we're talking analytically speaking, okay, Michael Thomas is not worth a point in an NFL game. Okay, Russell Wilson is worth two touchdowns. Michael Thomas is worth points. How much? How many points is he worth analytically? Are you serious? Oh wait, wait. You mean points like touchdown points or? How many points is he worth? Okay, what is? How many points does he add to a game? Uh, well, hold on. Let's. I see. didn't bring up Michael Thomas. Now, notice I didn't bring up Michael Thomas in this. I brought up Dak, Russ, Lamar. You said Lamar. He's uh, got Dak five is- touchdowns on the year. You got- said Dak is analytically Michael- the best quarterback Michael- right now. Michael Thomas has five touchdowns on the year. So that's 35 points? Yeah, 30. for the whole season. Okay, yeah, that's, all that's, right. That's bare back. All right, I, how many listen, of those I'm touchdowns a... did he create, and how many of those touchdowns did his quarterback create? Well, okay, he can't I mean, throw himself, he I mean, can't throw himself of, the ball. But that's my point. Quarterbacks will automatically be worth more points. I'm they not, listen, create I'm not, more Evan points. Evan was the one clamoring for Michael Thomas as an MVP candidate. I I'm think saying, he should be an MVP I'm, candidate. He's having I, a historically amazing I'm, year. I'm saying he's a candidate. I'm not saying he should be the favorite. He should, he should be like the fifth. He should be like the fifth friend. I would, I, listen, my MVP race right now is Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey. I hate to say it, but Dak. Deshaun Watson. Honestly, yeah, Deshaun Watson and then maybe Michael Thomas. I'd even maybe put Aaron Rodgers above Michael Thomas. Evan is... Seeing red right now. No, I'm gonna hit listen. you in the head with a helmet. No, listen. Here's my MVP. No, listen. Here's my MVP candidates. Here's my MVP candidates. Russell Wilson is one. Number two would be Michael Thomas. 94 catches for 1,141 yards through, with six games left. I'm sorry. He is. Then I would are say. You, uh, are, you, are, you, say are you listening to nonsense? Then Lamar. Then McCaffrey. Then Deshaun Watson. That's my five. I'm, I'm not even putting Michael Thomas in number one. Evan, I'm sorry, but that's hogwash. I'm not even putting said. him in number one. That I'm putting Russell okay. Wilson in number one. Yeah, but Michael Thomas shouldn't even touch Lamar Jackson. Shouldn't even touch Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's not having a good year. He's having a really good year. He's not having a really and good you're year. A he's having a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal year. year. You're he's a, the quarterback of the best you're, you're team in football. Well, well they are not the best too, team in football. Mike, that's you. That's your opinion. They're not the best How team How is in Baltimore not the best team in football? Uh, they're, they're not the best team in football. Uh, oh, they absolutely are. They're better than the 49ers? Yes. Absolutely. What did they do uh, better than the 49ers? Everything. <laughs> like what? Like what? They're the number one defense in football. The number one defense in football, a, a, a plethora of good running backs, arguably the best tight end in football. Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy better Go- than Lamar Jackson? Not this season, but overall, I think for the future, I might want to take Garoppolo over Lamar Jackson. Okay. I would take Kyle Shanahan over Harbaugh, even though Harbaugh's a great coach. Offensive line is stellar. Okay. All right. I, 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 I will give you this. I think, I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. I won't say in all the football. That is fair. See, that is I fair. Was, I'll say they're the best team in the AFC. Best in the AFC, yes. Best in the NFL, I still can't say that. I still can't say it. Yeah, but Evan, you think Green Bay is better than Baltimore? 
I think so. I, th- I think I Green Bay is so. better than Baltimore. I think so. Oh, come on. They lost by 15 to the Chargers. That was a letdown game. The Raven, and the Ravens okay. got blown up by the Browns. Okay. We got our butts kicked at home to the Browns. The Cowboys lost to the Jets. You we got our butts that. kicked to the Browns. Yeah, so? What do you mean, so? Exactly. That's what I'm saying right now about the Packers losing the Chargers. All right, so? It's one game. Every every good team is entitled to a clunker game. Listen, when the, when the Panthers went 15-0. All right, so where would you rank the ball? Where would you rank the Ravens right now? In all of football? Yes. Fourth. Oh, come on. Ra- listen, 49ers, Saints, Ra- uh, Packers, Ravens. Stop. I think yeah. that's fair. Stop. They're not better than the Saints. They're not better than the Stop. 49ers. They absolutely and are. And I don't think they're. I do not think they're better than Green Bay. All right, that's the news. Wow. Big I don't J rem- journalist Matt Catarazzolo here on a Friday. Let's turn to ESPN first take pretty quickly. I don't, I don't remember segment. the last news segment. That I'm sweating right now. <laughs> I'm wearing a hat and a hoodie, granted, but I am sweating profusely. Oh boy, oh boy. We still got to do All four right. short four. Hour two, four short four next. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Our number two on the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, Matt Catarazzola, good to have you in here on a Friday. Uh, it's actually pretty warm out. Like, it, it's, it's like, cloudy, it's, but it's actually pretty warm out. No, it's like yeah, it's 52 nice. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that in November. I didn't, get in my car, I didn't get in my car this morning and go like... <laughs> yeah, but you know, what that, you know what that means, right? If it's Global like... warming? No, it actually oh. doesn't mean that. I mean, it's going to be freezing cold still in April. That sucks, man. My, my birthday's in April. I hate when it's cold around my birthday time. Yeah, you're in like that fringe area. I'm I'm in late April, which is like you're still in April where it's like cool, but you're approaching May where it's like getting warmer. That's why I love like right when my birthday is. It's but awesome. probably it, does it rain a lot on your birthday? My birthday it rains all the time in that month. I mean, it's true, like you know, April showers and whatnot. But like, sucks, man. April showers bring May flowers. But what's cool is the NFL draft is almost always on my birthday, which is yeah, cool. That's like. Super dope. It's pretty sweet, man. You know, that, honestly, I'm just on your like, birthday. All right, so like, select the so like, do I need to like come over to your house for the NFL draft? I'm pretty sure it's lit. It's, it's your not. birthday and NFL draft, or are you just like locked in your basement? I remember. Like, I, like a I remember. I remember this. Uh, I remember this year. This year, my parents were like, uh, they like just brought out like a cake, and they were about they were like, "Ha!" I was like, "Shut up! <laughs> Shut up!" Dead. Unmuted, please. And then with the sixth, Daniel pick, Jones, Daniel. and you're just like. No, <laughs> and now and now it's yes. I think I went upstairs. I think I literally just went upstairs. <laughs> I, I I can't eat cake right now. I I'm sorry. My, I threw my Giants rug and Giants pillow right at the window. <laughs> I didn't, but you know what, man? Gotta hate the Giants, man. Yeah, I just you know, eh, whatever. Just do your thing, man. All right, four sure four best four <laughs> gambling picks of the weekend. I uh, went three and one last week. I'm back up to like sixty three percent. Uh, so, Evan, here we go. For sure, four. Number one. People call me crazy. I like the Cowboys plus six and a half at New England. Listen, I, first of all, 
even if the Cowboys lose this football game, six and a half is a lot of points. That is a lot of points to ask the Patriots to cover. They, this is the most talented team the Patriots have played all year. There's a lot of stars that have to be accounted for. And watch out for this matchup. Again, Amari Cooper versus Stephon Gilmore. And everybody's going to say, oh, yeah, Gilmore's going to shut down Cooper. Hang on a minute. Stephon Gilmore's lateral quickness is not great. And Amari Cooper might be the best route runner in the entire NFL. That might give Gilmore some trouble. So I think the Cowboys win the game outright. But I also think that if they lose this game, six and a half points is a lot. I think Vegas is giving you a gift here. Cowboys plus six and a half at New England. All right, number two. Uh, Give me the Seattle Seahawks on the road at the Eagles plus one and a half. I'm really surprised that the Eagles are favored in this game. Uh, Seahawks are one of the five best teams in the NFL, uh, and they've played extremely well on the road this season. And I'll be honest with you, the Eagles have been really disappointing and really disappointing, especially at home. Uh, Lincoln Financial does not give them a home field advantage even a little bit this year. Uh, Carson Wentz is having a very average to below average year at quarterback. They have no wide receivers playing uh, playing in this game. They have a bad secondary. They don't get after the quarterback. I don't really see where the Eagles have the edge. I think Russell Wilson's going to go to Philadelphia, win this game, one and a half points, uh, get rich. Uh, Seahawks plus one and a half is a gift on the road against the Eagles. That's number two. Uh, number three. Uh, You know what? I really like this. Monday Night Football, I love the Ravens minus three in Los Angeles against the Rams. I am in love with this game. Absolutely in love with it. First of all, I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Sorry, not sorry. But I also... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Screw you, Michael Thomas. (laughs) Do you want me to read those statistics of Michael Thomas, or do you want to continue? I, I don't need to, because I know that this is a quarterback league. And the guy who the guy who's going to finish ahead of Michael Thomas, Lamar Jackson, is going to kill it in this game. Kill it, without question. Lamar Jackson is going to run the football like nobody's business. I I don't even know if this game is going to be close. The Rams have had a really tough year, bad offensive line. This Ravens defense is hot at the right time. They're going to get after the quarterback. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball incredibly well. Give me the Ravens minus three on the road in L.A. against the Rams on Monday Night Football. And then number four, my college game, I actually like Penn State plus 18 points at Ohio State. Now, I don't think Penn State wins the game outright, but these are the two best teams in the Big Ten. 18 points is a lot of points. And I look... I like Ohio State. I think Ohio State's the best team in the country. But this is a lot of points. It is a lot of points. You're asking, you're basically asking Ohio State to beat Penn State by three touchdowns. I don't think that that happens. I think Ohio State wins the game, but I will be completely honest with you. Penn State will cover this 18 points. They have playmakers on on offense. K.J. Hamler's a really nice wide receiver. Uh, they're going to get after the quarterback. Yatur Gross Matos is going to be a, uh, a nice factor in this game. They will at least limit Ohio State's offense to not blowing them out. I'm going to take Penn State, number eight Penn State, plus 18 on the road against number two Ohio State. So there we go. That's the four sure four. Uh, so here we go. Number one, just to recap for you, Cowboys plus six and a half. 
at New England. Seahawks plus one and a half at the Eagles. Uh, Ravens minus three at the Rams. And then number eight, Penn State plus 18 points at number two, Ohio State. Get rich. I, I think that's, again, I've been, I've been hot all year. I've been doing well all year with four sure four. So, I, listen, I think, I'm, I think I am dead on the money with this. What do we think? Yeah, you're right about that seat. That's Seattle game. That's a that's a that's a that's a given. I like that. And I told you, I told you before, Mike. I, I do actually believe. I agree with you. The Ravens are there going to blow out the Rams. I agree with you there. Now Wade right. Phillips. Now Wade with Phillips. the uh, number two MVP. Well, well, we'll see about that. Like I said, <laughs> like I said, Michael Thomas might be number two. I'm not even saying. Listen, you're, you're going to keep te- the you're going to keep telling me. I keep saying Michael Thomas is the MVP. I did not say he's the MVP. I, all I say he deserves to be in the conversation. He's having a historically fantastic year. Yeah, but you also said he's above Lamar Jackson. I would put him above Lamar Jackson. Ludicrous. Just me. I put him at Lamar number three. He's having a great year too. I'm but boiling with anger right now. I think right now, I think but the Ravens on Monday night, they're going to blow them out. I actually agree with that. Now, Wade Phillips will be tough on the defensive front, but I think the Ravens are just a better football team. The Rams are not even the best team in the division. They're third. They're like so, the third so best then team what, the Rams, So if the Rams lose, they'll be what? Will the Rams be 6-5? Six 6-5, and five? Six and five, yeah. Wow. What happened to them, man? That sucks. They're out of the playoffs. I, I don't think they're a playoff team. They don't look like a playoff team. No, they don't. That blows, so. man. And Penn State, Ohio State, yeah. Penn State, Ohio State, yeah. It's, Ohio State's just too, they're just too tough to beat. They're just too tough to stop right now. Yeah, but they're, I think Penn State tough. covers. I think Penn State covers, but they're just Ohio State's like too tough to stop. Like 18 points is a lot of points. They'll cover, but it's just too, they're just too tough to stop. Philly, Seattle, Dallas, Dallas, New England, plus six. Oh, yeah. I'm taking the Cowboys, went outright. Yeah, it's funny, I'm Evan. I'm telling you. I just saw something. Michael Thomas has more catches and yards this year than all the Eagles receivers combined. Michael Thomas, he's on pace to smash the single-season reception record and come close to breaking the all-time receiving record. He is the first no player in history has ever caught 90 more passes in the team's first 10 games. He's 94. He's 94. I'm just saying. I put him in, I put him up there. I'm not voting him over Russell Wilson. I think Russell would be my MVP. Michael Thomas deserves to be up there. But. Okay. Crazy. For sure, four. All right. Uh, coming up next, more news, more Haystack. We'll dive a little bit more into the NFL. That's coming up next. The Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. <laughs> Matt, I really do think you broke the seal, man. <laughs> I can't. Oh, Lord. I can't stop laughing. That was too funny. All right. Uh, good, good to have you back. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Matt here on a Friday. Uh, absolutely loaded today. Again, uh, like I said, I, I think that if you're looking at the NBA, you're looking at teams that have really great roster construction. The Bucks have it. The Bucks have it. They do. They, they've literally built. They've accomplished in only like a year or two what the Cavs and the Lakers have been trying to do for eight for six years. Whatever the, whatever's going on in their organization, a very underrated organization, what they've got going on over there. Uh, all right. Time for the news. Big J journalist Matt Catarizzolo here on a Friday. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I'm, like, I'm out of breath. I'm having a struggle. Uh, I'm having a stroke. 
All right, so uh, the NBA leaders through uh, however many games it is right now uh, were just released, and it's Andre Drummond leading for rebounds uh, with just over 15 a game, LeBron with 11 a game, and James Harden is averaging 38.6 points per game. I mean, like, that's just insane. That's just insane. Well, okay, but look, as of right now, I still don't think he's the MVP. I don't. Like, I think he's in the conversation. He's like, I would say the MVP right now. I I, I was telling Evan this yesterday. The MVP for me right now would be LeBron number one, probably Luka Doncic number two, and then probably James. And that's, you know, like... I don't think that's disrespectful. It's just, like, I, I get that James Harden's averaging, like, 39 points a game. But, he, the, I mean, the guy is so inefficient. Like, he takes yeah, a he's, million shots per game. Yeah, and, I mean, they're all step-back threes where he hit, he'll, he'll, he'll hit, like, six. Six and shoot it, like, 18 times. Right, exactly. Know? That's my thing. Is he, like, James Harden today, I think, is the modern-day Kobe. Like, he just, he... Uh, and I mean, it's, he's like the, he's the offensive side of Kobe. Kobe would score a million points in a game, but he'd waste so many possessions doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, that's Kobe's main problem is he just, he's so many times. Harden, I think Harden passes a little bit more. I think Kobe. Harden I, does Harden, pass they're both, more. They're both selfish ball-centric guards, but I do You're think right. that Harden distributes a little bit more. Yeah, but you, re- like, I, I give credit to Harden's passing ability I, he is a good passer, but he also has the ball in his hands 90% of the yeah. time. So, like, he'll take, tw- like, in the 24-second shot clock, he'll take 20 seconds of that shot clock between the legs, size up, he'll drive left, four seconds left of the shot clock, kick outside, guy hits a three. Right. Like, th- that's James Harden's and, passing and he's And he's lucky that he has guys like P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon to do that. And now, I mean, well, not so much Westbrook, but... Because Westbrook can't... Yeah, yeah, Westbrook can't shoot. Right. Westbrook can't hit the broadside of a barn from outside the arc. Yeah, it's Which says something, bad. but... Yeah, so, okay, that's just that's just incredible. Uh, so, okay. This was very... Something just that caught my attention. It's not really news, but it kind of is. So, uh, I don't know... I don't know for our listeners out there, this is for... This is like Yankees... Oh, my God, this is like Yankees porn... So there's a 16-year-old in the Dominican Republic. His name is Jason Dominguez, and he is the Yankees' number one international prospect. And I recently just followed him on Instagram. The kid is, the kid's unreal. The kid's unreal. Uh, uh, do we have that that sound bite? Okay, just listen. Listen to the sound when he makes contact. Oh, jeez. Sounds like a gunshot. Like a real. I mean, like. That's insane. Stop. Stop. This is just this is these are just some quick some quick facts on the kid. So his five million dollar contract is a record for an international free agent. MLB.com skill set grades, they're on a scale from 20 to 80. I don't know why they do that, but their skill set grades are on a, a scale of 20 to 80. Okay? Okay. I, 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 I'm, I, I hear you. Hitting? He's a 55, his power is a 55, his running is a 60, his arm is a 60, and his fielding is a 55. 
He's 16. He's above average in every in every, every, tour. every Everything. He regularly recorded exit velocities over 110 miles per hour as both a right-handed and a left-handed hitter. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's a switch hitter. I don't know if I mentioned that. He has a 1.1-second, 60-yard dash difference between him and Billy Hamilton, who's the fastest player in baseball. Let me, let me ask you that, because I, from what I remember, Jason Dominguez is not necessarily big. No, he's 5'10", 190. He's 5'10". 5'10", yeah, he's 190. Just, he's, I mean, he's going to grow. Like, he's he 16, 16 years old. He's 16 years old, so he's still going to... Like, he'll probably grow three more inches. Okay. Like, he'll probably get to 6'1". Right. Like that. He's never going to be massive, but... D- dude. They're saying that... Uh, inter- I remember that video, too. I was showing it to my dad, and he's... He's like, I... Like, that's... Unreal! Yeah. It is just unreal. MLB.com called Dominguez one of the best international prospects available in years. And he's a teenage I mean, white trout. Yeah, I mean, have you ever, have you noticed this? The Yankees always absolutely crush the international pool. Oh, absolutely! They crush the international. Mm, Severino. Pool. They have Davey Garcia now. Well, yeah, all these. I mean, like. Last year in the international, they got the number one international pitching. OCL Rodriguez is the number one yeah. international pitching prospect. They got him. Mm-hmm. And then what about this past year, Jason Domingos, who's the best international prospect that we've probably seen ever. Like uh, Maybe, honestly, maybe ever. They got him and it wasn't even close. Like he was before the Yankees signed him. I think he was already working out with Yankees, Dominican instructors. Yeah. Like that's insane to me. Mm-hmm. So, and he's a center. That kid is a center, so good. Center fielder, they're saying, is his natural position because of his speed and Trade range. Estevan Florial because now you have this kid. Florial is is another one that I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't mind, but if I had to choose between him and Dominguez, then absolutely. You know, it sucks. Like he's only sixteen, so he probably won't come up until what twenty twenty four. What? No, dude, dude. Soto came up when he was like twenty. So he's sixteen years old. Yeah, he could come up when he's. No, no. Soto came up when he was nineteen, I think. So it's two thousand. Okay, okay, so I think we up. see. I think we see him in the two thousand twenty-one season. At eighteen? Yeah. Uh, probably, probably. 20, I don't know, probably Matt. 20, That's really early. Well, okay, so okay, so Soto, Soto came in at. I'm pretty sure Soto made. Soto his de- came in, I think, as a as a nineteen-year-old. Okay, Soto is twenty-one now, and he made his debut last year. So we okay at twenty. Oh. Okay, so maybe 2022, 23 season. That's what I mean. Is he's gonna like uh, by the time he comes up, you know, it, you're gonna be getting into like the true primes of Glaber Torres, of Aaron Judge, of Andahar, if we, Andahar, if we, if we, if we keep him. Right, you're you're gonna get in the true primes Ursh- of those guys. Urshela probably too. Maybe, Unless uh, Dominguez is really lighting it up, that they can't, that they say, all right, he's got to come up. Now. Yeah, like what if he Unless goes he's to the, really lighting what it up? What if he goes to like the minors and just hitting like just forty home runs, like three ninety average? Like yeah, I know. Come on. He, I mean, he won't do that. But you don't think so? No, I. I man, it's baseball. No, nobody hits three ninety. Nobody hits 390. Except for, how... except for DJ LeMahieu with runners in scoring position. Right, right, exactly. Ted Williams hit 400 once in his career. So Jason Dominguez is going to be better. Speaking of MVP, DJ LeMahieu, you guys can agree with that. He should have been a he finalist. He finished fourth. He should have been a finalist over Marcus I'm so, Simeon. I'm sorry, but Marcus, yeah, Marcus Simeon, that was, that's ridiculous. 
I'm just, I don't care, man. I don't I'm think just, Marcus Simeon had him in one category except for homers. I don't care. I'm, I'm just so, I'm beyond happy that Bregman didn't win. So <laughs> happy Bregman didn't win. Cheater! We haven't, I haven't been here for that. Which leads me to my next and final installment <laughs> in... All right, in finally. So, uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred made two broad commitments Thursday regarding the scope of his investigation into the Astros' electronic sign stealing. This is per The Athletic. He said the office will vet the Astros' 2018 and 19 season as well as 2017, and he said he will indeed pursue other leads that are expected to arise during the investigation. I say this without Yankee bias. If I'm just a pure fan of baseball, if you want to really make an impact and prevent this from happening, again, and really make a lasting impression to ensure that no other teams do this, strip their 2017 World Series title. I mean it. I'm so serious. And that has nothing to do with my Yankee I don't think that that's hard enough. I think it's... Okay, maybe not on the Astros themselves, and I would rather punish them for the future than take away something from their past. I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's their first ever world title. You take it away, that is a huge loss. That's a big loss. That's a franchise-destroying loss. That's your only title. Yeah, but everybody knows gone. that they won that World Series. It, so won't, like, be take, it won't be taken plus, away. I, I, think, I don't think Major League Baseball wants a vacated championship because then it basically says, all right, the 2017 season never happened. You know, it's just that I think baseball doesn't want. I don't think baseball wants that. Okay, what I would do, what I would do with the Astros, what I would do with the Astros, the first thing I would do, and this is the first inclination that I have in my head, you force the owners to sell the team. And what do you do about AJ Hinch? You force the owners to sell the team. AJ Hinch can stay. Nobody loses their job. What? None of the no. Nobody. What you're saying? Nobody on the team loses their job. You're saying that the team executives that were knowledgeable about this still get to stay there. I think you need to suspend A.J. Hinch at least for a season. Hinch will at least get suspended. Hinch might get suspended. Well, Not fired, but he'll get suspended. So Bro. what do you So what do you want to do here? I said so, strip their title. Yeah, but what does that What does that do? Okay, strip their title, uh, give up their draft picks, things like that. A couple firings. I would see a couple firings. Yeah, maybe sell the team. Okay. Uh, How about this? That'd be good enough the, for me. Tell me if this is too extreme. All right, so it's been exile, many, exile. So 2017 to 29. That's three seasons, right? For the next three seasons, the Houston Astros are playoff ineligible. You, See, treat, it again, like, you I, treat it like the NCAA with NCAA violations. You strip their you strip their postseason eligibility for three years. Now the problem is if they win 99 games or something like that, they don't make the playoffs. But then that, but the problem the is, team though, that comes in second place in that division and then wins the division. Problem is, they're paper division champions. Paper, they're paper division champions. That's that's a problem. That's the problem. Right, but they won't. But all of those players, right? Bregman, Altuve, Correa, Springer, all those guys that are going to be under contract, and for the rest of Justin Verlander, and the rest of, uh, no, I, I, not the rest of, but for a good chunk of Jordan Alvarez and some of those guys, uh, Yuli Gurriel. They just signed Yuli Gurriel too. They just re- they just extended him, right? You get prime years of those guys where you're like, all right, we can compete for championships. You get that opportunity stripped away from you for as long as this has been discovered. So 2017 season, 2018 season, 
2019 season, that's three years. So for the next three years, you're banned from postseason play. And that's you're saying that plus forcing selling, forcing to sell the team. Yes, and you for, and you, the owners must sell the team. So you don't care if they don't strip the title away. Uh, you know, I like the NBA forced Donald Sterling to sell, sell the, the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. Major League Baseball, I think, should do this with whoever owns the Astros. I forget, I forget who it is, but I forget the guy's name. But oh, Crane. Uh, Jim Crane. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Force him to sell the team. All right. And yes, I, I would go as far to say, pay a hefty fine. The owner, the the previous owner, not the new owner, but the previous owner, pays a hefty fine. Okay. And you get stripped of a year's worth of draft picks. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess that. I still want their title to be taken away. I don't want them yeah, to but be Matt, That doesn't do anything. That actually, that to me hurts baseball. It's a black eye for baseball, but Evan's right. I would want. I would. I would rather take the hit on baseball as a whole if it means destroying the Astros and maiming that all that. I don't think that nothing. that destroys the Astros though. Well, I it think, does take away their first title. That, right, I think but that's their, their only really title, their yeah. first and only title. Right, but they still have the opportunity to get it back. That's what I'm saying. Is I yeah, think it, could, yeah, I think it, I think it hurts. I think it hurts more taking away the opportunity for them to win more titles with the talent that they have. All right, but like they can compete for it and win one fairly. It's different. What do you mean? They cheated in one in seventeen. Yes, so I would be fine if the, if, listen, if the Astros were just a better team and won a com- and won a World Series fair and square. I wouldn't. I'd say fine. Leave that title alone. But no. This goes back to 2017. There's evidence on their own World Series DVD about this cheating scandal. Oh, standard. yeah. No, I know. Like, it was evident in 2017. No, they got caught. It is... Exactly. It, it's red-handed, basically. So that's what I'm saying. That That is a false championship. So what I'm saying is, I don't care if Major League Baseball vacates that championship, to, because to me, that's already a meaningless championship. I would rather... I would rather have... 2017, no World Series champion, than 2017, Houston Astros cheated and... Won that title by doing it. I would rather, I would rather there be no champion okay. than a champion that cheated. All and right, won. I get that. I get it. Come on, man. You can't say that you're like that. That that. You know what? That's a black eye for baseball. That's a bad thing for baseball. What? Having a 2017 just ugly, unfair. All right. Well, unlegit. All right. I uh, World Series victory. I get it. I guess the that's the way point worse. that I'm trying to push across is is that I think I, I think. The thing that'll hurt more is affecting them in the future, not saying, we're going to take away your title. No! That, okay, we'll just go next year and win another one. I do do like your your thing about the playoff eligibility. I like that. They say that's not cool for three years, however long, whatever. And then, yeah, suspend AJ Hinge, force Crane to sell the team. And then just put Altuve, Correa, Springer, and Bregman on a boat. And it really them, does drop, hurt. Because drop them off on a random island in the Caribbean and force them to find their way home. It really does hurt because the Astros are good for baseball. That talented team. Like, people watch the Astros because they're uber talented. They're fun to watch. They have really good personalities you know, on you know that who, team. Altuve you know who is, and Bregman. You know who is too? The Yankees. And they play fair. That, I get that. They play but, fair. That's different. I no, think I, I think listen, this, I, I, I think get it. This changed, like, 
first of all, this, this irreversibly destroyed the the, 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 Astros, the Astros image. So, like, what you said, like, oh, you know, Altuve, Hardover Hyde, Correa, likable guys. No. No, they are all just cheaters now. All they are, to me at least. Maybe it's Yankee bias, I don't know. But in your, if you're a baseball fan, you should you should hate the Astros right now. Rob, they were, there was a report that came out yesterday yesterday or this morning that they're ready to drop the hammer on the on the Houston Astros, Rob Manfred. Um, yeah, again, good. I don't know. I don't know. Again, the extent of it, we'll see. I think in the end, it's going to be loss of draft picks uh, and suspensions. I think in the end, that's what's going to be. Oh, and what do you think? What do you think is going to happen to Carlos Beltran and Alex Cora? E- Beltran is definitely uh, question I'm looking at. You mad? You know what? You know what's funny? The biggest cheating scandal is since like the 1919 White Sox, <laughs> and the the Mets still get the Mets had nothing to do with it because Beltran is the manager. They get they get punished still. <laughs> that's the most. That's the most Mets thing. Ever. That is the most Mets storyline ever. Astros cheated for three years with the Mets. The, the Mets, Mets are going to pay for it. Oh, oh God. That's and fun. the Red Sox. It's like Christmas for Yankee fans. <laughs> you all get punished. It's like, it's like, oh, man. The Yankees with the Yankee fan base with Watson Astros, Red Sox, and Mets. The three teams they hate the most. They hate the Mets for some reason. And oh, they all man. get punished in this scandal. And the Mets and Red Sox didn't do anything. <laughs> I cannot be. This is, uh... But no, if, uh. the, if the if the I'm curious to see what MLB is. If they strip the World Series title, boy, that'd be one heck of a message. One heck of a and it, and it destroys the Astros again. Their only World Title. You know, oh, it's, it's a, it'd be a heck of a message. And even the playoff thing, it's certainly a heck of a message. I think the problem is, it could be the Rangers, Angels, A's, whoever. They answer and everyone's like, yeah, but that, that's the thing. If the Rangers and A's, whoever win the division, it's a yeah, but, yeah, but Astros yeah, won 198 games. Get, I think like, that, you that's definitely that, yeah, a serious anyway. That's definitely a serious punishment. But I, I like I said, I think there's there's a caveat to that. I think the I think the Rangers and A's and Angels would tell you, even with this cheating scandal, and the Mariners would tell you, even in this cheating scandal, they'd rather beat the Astros. And win the division as the best team in the division. Then win, they win like eighty or something games and make the playoffs. I see that. I, I, mean, I, I just that's I, I just that. my opinion. I, I you know again, I, that's just my opinion. Whatever, whatever the result is, whatever the punishment is, whatever the result is of this investigation, it's going to shake Major League Baseball for a long, 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 long time, forever, forever and ever. The black, the the Chicago White, the Chicago White Sox scandal that they did. Back, back a very, very long time ago. It's a hundred years ago. It's exactly a hundred years ago. Throwing the World Series and everything. We haven't seen something like that since then. And this isn't throwing the World Series. This is cheating to win the World Series. So, the opposite of throwing the World Series. Yeah. Catching the World Series. <laughs> You're just exhausted, dude. That's the news. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's just like AJ yeah. journalist Matt Catarazzolo here on a Friday. Mike's like, get me out of here with these clowns. <laughs> Michael Thomas. Hi. <laughs> Dak Prescott. I admitted to Dak. You quit throwing out of my face. I already admitted that I was wrong on that one. Jeez. Michael Thomas is having a historically good year. I'm just saying. Put him in I there. get that. So is, da- so is Dak. Analytically. Analytically, yes. Analytic. Analytically. You know what I'm talking about with that? Analytically. So EPA, Matt, exma- uh, exp- um, I think it's expected points added, mm-hmm. right? It's like war for football. 
Sort of, yes. So it's basically how many, like, the, how many points are you adding to what is expected out of that particular play? Right. Dak is right now sixth all-time for a single season. I think that. it's higher than Mahomes was last season. It is right? higher than Mahomes was last year, and his success rate this year is at 56%. Yeah. Like, how often you get positive EPA, yeah. that's the best of all time. You know, man, all right, you know, Ryan, Ryan was right, you know, We'll see. This is going to be their real test for both teams. This is really the first time all season that both teams have faced a good team outside, outside of, like, New England playing Buffalo. So when they play New England, well, we'll, we'll see. And Dallas playing New Orleans and Green Bay. but Okay, yeah, also. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll make picks. We got Deathmatch that's coming up next to the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hour number three, Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Big J journalist, Matt Catarizzolo, here on a Friday. Good to have you in. All right, uh, Evan, let's make picks. Um, right, do you have, Monica sent you picks? Yes, she did. I have it right here on my phone. All right. Excellent. So we got a win yesterday by Houston, 20-17. to 17. They take sole possession of first place in the AFC South. Uh, all right. Let's get it going. Let's do it. So, first game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Falcons by four. Who do we got? Falcons are on a hot streak right now. I'm going to take Atlanta. I think they get in there. They win this game against Tampa. Uh, Tampa Bay has really struggled lately. In Atlanta right now, their offense has actually taken a big step. Uh, Matt Ryan's playing real good football. Uh, Calvin Ridley is actually coming into his own really well. Um, uh, look, I sh- struggle with the fact that they're going to be able to run the football. I don't know how well they're going to be able to run uh, with Brian Hill. But I'll be honest with you. They, look, they're, they've been getting after the quarterback. They've been airing the ball out quite a bit. Uh, I am going to take the Falcons. I'm going to take them... Uh, I'm going to say 34 to 20 over Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Atlanta started the season really badly and is still continuing to struggle. But they they got that big win over New Orleans. Uh, I think they you know they've been moving the ball really well. And I just think I yeah I think that you can never really depend on Tampa Bay. They're one of those teams that's like it's kind of a coin flip every week. You know you don't know if it's gonna what. <laughs> I, just, I just see it right there. <laughs> Looking up South Park clips during the during the, uh, the break. But, uh, no, I, I like I like Atlanta in this one. I'm going to take Atlanta uh, 28-24. Yeah, I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons, too, here. Uh, it's a tough one to pick because Tampa Bay, yeah, very, they're very up and down every week. The Falcons are very hot. I'll take the Falcons here. Monica's going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Next one. Broncos, Bills in Buffalo. Bills favored by five. Monica has the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Bills as well. I, I think this is going to be a relatively close game. Uh, the Broncos have actually played relatively well. They got up 20 to nothing on the Vikings early last week uh, before they came back. Uh, Buffalo's a tough place to play. It's going to be extremely cold, uh, going to be in the conditions. But I think Buffalo's defense is just too good. Uh, Brandon Allen, I think, is really going to struggle. Listen, if you have a quarterback with the last name Allen, then... If your last name, I'll say it this way. If your last name is Allen, you have a very good chance of being a quarterback in the NFL. Um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Allen. Kyle Allen, Brandon Allen. That's Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyle. Sorry. 
Uh, so I will take Buffalo. Uh, skin of their teeth win. Uh, I will say 17-16 over Denver. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a very low-scoring game. Uh, actually, you know who's been doing great in that in uh, on for Denver? Cortland Sutton. Yeah, he's that, he's a nice young wide receiver. He's, he's great. I think, I think he's going to be there the next like you know after their their kind of tandem of Sanders and Demarius Thomas left. I think he's going to be the next guy to take the torch. I agree. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Buffalo is just it's like Buffalo has great home field advantage. Denver just doesn't have the offensive arsenal to take it over right now. I think it's going to be Buffalo. 16-13. Yeah, I'll take the Bills here, too. They're just too good. They're too talented. It'll be close defensive battles. I'll say around 19-13. Monica's going with the Bills. Bills all the way. Matt, here we go. Bears-Giants in Soldier Field in Chicago. Bears favored by 7.5. We still don't really know who the quarterback is for the Chicago Bears. It might be Mitch Trubisky. It might be uh, Chase Daniels. But... No matter who it is, who are we going with? Giants-Bears. Uh, I am going to take the Bears, uh, no matter what. I, the Giants just aren't very good. Uh, I think that Bears defense, regardless of who's starting at quarterback, that Bears defense is still really good. They're going to get after the quarterback. This is a Giants offensive line that has really underperformed all year. Uh, no Evan Engram this week for Daniel Jones. Uh, I think it's going to be a rough week. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Bears, and I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bears pretty handsomely. I'm going to say 27-10 over the Giants at Soldier Field. Uh, you know this game last year was one of the better games of the season. Uh, Bears tied it up late in the fourth quarter when Tariq Cohen threw that touchdown pass to Taylor Gabriel. Uh, Chase Daniel also started that game, and then I think we, they won by a field goal in overtime. Uh, but yeah, I mean this is just I mean there's been no changes for the Giants. No Evan Ingram. I, I believe Saquon is healthy, but he's still not 100%. I still say they should sit him for the whole season, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. If he's healthy, he's going to play. Uh, there's nobody on that offensive line that can protect Khalil, protect Daniel Jones from Khalil Mack or Leonard Floyd. or uh, Right. Uh, uh, I'm blanking Akeem on... Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't think it's going to be. I, I think Roquan Smith and, and Khalil Mack and that back seven is going to give them a lot of problems. I say Bears. Uh, Bears. I'm going to give the Giants a little bit more. I say they get a garbage touchdown, 28-17. Tough one to pick because, again, the quarterback questions, but I'll take the Bears here. They're just, again, they're just a better team. I think defensively they're going to give Daniel Jones a really, really tough time. Jones is going to Chicago, just one of the tougher places to play. I think Jones is in for a rough day. I like Daniel Jones, but I think he's in for a rough day. So I'll take the Bears here, 17 to, 17 to 6. Jeez, I'll take the Bears. Man. Giants. Six? Yeah. Is, so. that a, is that a touchdown or two field goals? I'll say two field goals. I think it's, I just think it's going to be tough to move the ball for the Giants against this Bears defense. All right. Monica's taking the Giants. Next one. Steelers, Bengals in Cincinnati. Steelers favored by seven and a half. Monica is taking the Bengals. Do the Bengals get their first win, guys? No, no, they don't. The Steelers win on the road. Wow. It's I, look, emotions flying high. Uh, Mason Rudolph, first game back since the incident. Um, but no, I, I don't think the Bengals win this. I'm not sure the Bengals win a game all year. Uh, if they do, it'll be a garbage game win against Cleveland and Cincinnati or something like that. But Against Pittsburgh, I don't think it's going to happen. That secondary is too good for Ryan Finley to handle. Uh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I'm going to take them 
I will say 20, 20 to 6 over Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, the Bengals are not going to win this game, newsflash Monica, but uh, yeah, I think I think the Steelers want to get back in the right swing of things uh, following last Thursday night. Uh, so I'm going to say, yeah, Steelers... Steelers 24-13. Nothing would make me happier as a Ravens fan if the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Steelers to get their first win. Nothing would make me happier. I'd be smiling the ear to ear to see the Pittsburgh Steelers but lose, lose there, <laughs> lose to the Bengals. But but it ain't gonna happen. Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> win 20 to 13. 20 to 10. Pittsburgh. Bengals have nothing. They have nothing. You gotta bring that guy from Fact or Fiction or whatever. It never happened. It never happened. That's fiction. Not never a chance. Happened. Not a chance. We made it up. It's totally fiction. Totally fiction. This one was up. invented by a writer. It's <laughs> invented by a writer. Not this time. Not this time. Speaking of a game which is important, Dolphins-Browns in Cleveland. Browns favored by 12 and a half. Dolphins have won two in a row. Uh, Dolphins have, have won a couple. Do the Dolphins keep keep the momentum going, or do they? Or does the tank continue to go in? Do the Browns make it three in a row? Uh, Yeah, this is... um. Cleveland, and it's going to be Cleveland by quite a bit. I I think that Miami has a shot to cover the 10.5 that I see. But I, I this is going to be one of those games where Baker, Freddie Kitchens needs to throw away the playbook and just say, let my guys out-talent the Miami Dolphins, okay? Let Odell and Jarvis Landry take advantage of Miami's secondary just the Browns need to destroy the Dolphins at home this week. I am going to take Cleveland. I'll take the Browns by, I'm going to say, uh, I'll say 26. I'll say 26 to 14 over Miami. I do. I'm going to pick Cleveland also. I think it's going to be closer than you think. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. I'm going to say 21, 17 Cleveland. Monica's taking Monica's taking the Dolphins in this game. Uh, I'm rolling with the I'm rolling with the Browns here, but I actually agree with Matty. If the Dolphins go into Cleveland and beat the Browns, I, I am fun gonna have times a, of Cleveland today. I am going to have a field day. Fun times of Cleveland today. Come on, guys. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, but I'm taking I'm taking the Browns here. But yeah, if the Dolphins do beat the Browns, look out. There's uh, there will be chaos. That would be bananas. It will be chaos. Cowherd won't shut up. <laughs> yeah. You lost to the Dolphins. He, well, uh, he, that's ah. he, well, he, he doesn't. He doesn't shut up anyway. So, Panthers Saints in the Superdome. Saints favored by eleven and a half against Cal and the Panthers. Do the Panthers rebound? Or do the Saints continue to win? No. No. The Saints are going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it pretty handsomely. Uh, this is a good defense for the Saints. Kyle Allen is really going to struggle. I would not be surprised, Evan, if Kyle Allen gets pulled in this game. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Will Greer gets some time. Will Greer. But, uh, yeah, give me the Saints. Uh, This offensive line can match up with the Panthers' front seven. Uh, This is going to be a huge day for Michael Thomas. Uh, Thomas, not a a great secondary for Carolina. Uh, Michael Thomas, your MVP, Evan, is going to have a great day. Uh, I'm going to say Saints... Uh, 37 to 17 over the Carolina Panthers. That's is, right. That's is, right. Is uh, Kamara playing? I think Kamara? so. I think so. 
If he is, I haven't heard that he isn't. If he is, that'd be awesome. That's gonna be a great matchup. Him and McCaffrey going at it all day. That'd be pretty fun. Uh, no, the Saints are gonna win this game by a lot. By a lot. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, 20, uh, 31 It's my first 30 point game. I'm gonna say 31-21 Saints. Monica's taking the Saints in this game. I'm taking the Saints, too. And I'm taking the Saints, too. I'm taking them big. They're just too good. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're just too good. The, the Carolinas just – this season looks like it's over, Carolina. They just looks like It just looks like it's over. They had a, they had a good run the first couple of weeks with Kyle Allen. It's faltered now ever since. Give me the Saints. And, yes, Michael Thomas will have another big day. Oh, guys, by the way, this is uh, breaking news right now. Whoa. Uh, A.J. Green is ruled out for Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry, I might have just catfished you guys right there, but uh, Whoa. that's per Adam Schefter. Uh, this is a good game, good underrated game I think we're going to get here. Raiders-Jets in the Meadowlands. East Rutherford Raiders favored by four and a half. Uh, I am going to take Oakland on the road. I, I Look, this is a team that's well-traveled. They're used to going on the road. Uh, and, like I said, I think that this – this offense for the Raiders is too good. I don't think the Jets are going to score enough points. I just don't. I think Cleveland Farrell is going to have a nice game. Uh, is going to have a nice game. I think Max Crosby is going to have a nice Crosby. game. Uh, and listen, that offensive line for the Raiders is great, and the Jets have problems getting after the quarterback. Uh, I am going to take John Gruden and Derek Carr. It has to slowly come At to you. At the Meadowlands. Slowly it comes to you. I'm going to take them 24 to 17, man. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing. I think the other, uh, wow, dude, you look like you're in pain. <laughs> you look like you're like, that's not a good, that's horrifying. Uh, so I'm going to take the Raiders too. Uh, I don't think the Jets scored over 10. I'm going to say... You ready? I'm gonna please stop looking at me like that. That's I'm gonna look this way. Uh, so I'm gonna say the Raiders win. Weird score. Ready? Weird score. I'm ready, man. <laughs> the Raiders, I'm ready, man. The Raiders win twenty-two to nine. Woof! Yeah, that's a weird score. Twenty-two to nine. Wow. Score, score Agami, I think, if it happens. I mean, the Raiders, the Monica's taking the Jets in this game. The Raiders don't play. The Raiders get the job done on defense, but they're still not very good on defense. <laughs> I knew he was. I knew you were giving me that look. That's why I'm kind of looking over here. I'll take the I'll take the Raiders though. Twenty-seven. I'll say twenty-seven, seventeen. I just think the Raiders' offense is still good right now. Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs are doing really well. Josh Jacobs is probably the rookie of the year. The Jets' offense. I like where they're headed. I love seeing Donald get more Evan, control. Please go to the next game. More please go to the next game. game. <laughs> you can't take so it. So Mike stops. <laughs> My face hurts. <laughs> My face I, I said you were here in pain. <laughs> but I'll take wow. the. I'll t- <laughs> Is that the longest you've ever done the Gruden impression? The Gruden look? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but I'm taking the Raiders here. Another good one. Seahawks Eagles in Philadelphia must win for the Eagles. Eagles favored by three. Here we go. Seattle. Taking the Seahawks. I, like I said, for sure, four pick for me. Uh, I'm not really sure why the Eagles are favored in this game. I just at don't. Uh, I, I guess. But they haven't really been good at home, and the Seahawks have been really good on the road. Russell Wilson, MVP of the league. Uh, uh, no, dude, that's Michael Thomas, actually. Yeah, so. sorry, I screwed that up. But the Eagles I don't never really get after Thomas the quarterback. <laughs> they don't have I a said great secondary. Seahawks. I'm going to take Seattle 20. I'll say 23. 23 to 16 over the Eagles. Uh, yeah, must win game for the Eagles, but the Seahawks are just rolling right now. 
Uh, I say Seattle goes... Thirty twenty, Seattle. Maka is taking the Seahawks in this game too. She's taking Seattle. My words are getting really twisted here in uh, in during today's today's show. They really are. I will take Seattle on the road against the Eagles. The Eagles just don't impress me. They really never impressed me all season long. They're why they have it's problems, man. They, a lot have, of, they have a big chemistry issue. Something's up with them. They're all, yeah, again, they have a big chemistry problem. They're, they're the all, receivers and Carson Wentz are not on the same. Well, they're page. not there. Jeffrey's been hurt. Jackson's out for the year. They're defensively, they have struggles. They get after the quarterback, but they have struggles past past the defensive line. They really have. They have two good young tight ends, and then they have Ertz is amazing. Dallas Goddard's not bad either. Yeah, Dallas Goddard's okay. They have Aguilar who can't catch a cold, and they have that. Uh, they have Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. That's and Jay Ajayi now. Oh, they did pick him up, didn't they? They picked up J.H.I. They also picked up Jordan Matthews for the 16,000th time. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. But I'll take Seattle on the road. They're just, again, really good. They run the football well. They play good enough defense. Russell Wilson's been great. Give him the Seahawks on the road. Lions, Redskins. Lions favored by one in Landover, Maryland. This is my who cares game of the week. Oh. Uh, give me uh, give me Detroit. It's going to be, uh, I actually think it's going to be pretty close. Stafford's out again, right? Stafford's so. out. Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll is getting the start. I do think it is possible that Washington wins this game, but I am going to take the Lions. Really ugly, low-scoring game. Uh, I am going to say 16-13 Lions. So uh, Dwayne Haskins is starting too, right? Not like it matters. They're starting Dwayne Haskins the rest Here's of the why, year. Ready? Here's why I'm going to take the Redskins. They have a healthy... Did you guys watch Darius Geis? Yes. Finally playing? I know. Looks good. Dude, does look good. I'm going to take the Redskins here. You're right. Low, ugly scoring game. 17-12. Redskins. You heard me. I hear, I did hear you. 17-12. Yeah. This is a tough one for me to pick. I, yeah, I can totally see Washington winning this game. Monica is taking the... Uh, Lions in this game. I'm going to roll with the Lions. Jeff Driscoll played really well in his debut against the Dallas Cowboys. Did pretty good. I'll take Jeff. I'll take the Lions here in this game in the battle of bad football teams. And Dwayne Haskins, uh, I, I, I saw that. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, his discussions on the sidelines with the with his offensive line where he's saying, hey, guys, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You know, it's, it's very interesting, the dynamic, what's going on with this football team and this offense and Haskins' his rookie year. But I'm going to take the Lions here. Next one, Jaguars-Titans in Tennessee. Tennessee favored by three. Nick Foles' the second game back off the injury. The other 4 o'clock game, uh, I'm going to take... This is a tough one. I'm probably going to go with Jacksonville. I think that Nick Foles gets his first win as a Jaguar. Uh, another low-scoring game. It's going to be very defense-first. Both of these teams... With good defenses, uh, I like, like I said, I'm not sure Ryan Tannehill is their guy. I don't think he is. So I, I think I, I think I have a little bit more faith in the Jaguars offensively. Uh, I expect Leonard Fournette and Derrick Henry to both have really solid games, but I am going to take Jacksonville. I'll say twenty. I'll say twenty to thirteen. Foles is starting. You said Foles is starting. Uh, yeah, I like Foles better than Tannehill, so uh, I'll say Jacksonville better. All they're similar teams. Uh, they are similar teams. Average to above average quarterbacks. Average wide receiver core. Pretty pretty 
pretty talented running court and a pretty pretty solid off defense. Even though I'd give the slight edge to Jacksonville, even without Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I'd say Jacksonville 19-14. Marcus taking the Titans in this game. This is, this is a tough one. I could totally see Tennessee win this game. Yeah, I can see this one going either way. Yeah. I'm actually, I'll roll with the Jacksonville Jaguars in this one. Better court, Again, better quarterback, but Ryan Tannehill hasn't played bad. He's played fine. I'll take the Jaguars, though, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee wins this game. Okay, Mike, as we fade this music and hit this music, Mike, <laughs> it's the Cowboys going to Foxborough to take on the team of the decade, the team of the century, the team of the world, the six-time world champion, Jason Garvers Belichick, New England Patriots. Who's, what's going to happen? Patriots Cowboys. Is Jack Prescott the analytical MVP? Gonna outplay the greatest quarterback of all time? I hate that term. I hate that term so much. Analytical MVP. Jack Prescott. It's so dumb. First Tom Brady. It's so dumb. Take the first Bill Belichick. Here we go. I, I am. I'm gonna take the Cowboys on the road. I think this is where New England finally gets the realization, yeah, they're they're not the same. This is where the world kind of says, yeah, New England's not what we thought. Uh, this is the kind of thing, again, a, a tough test for New England. This is the best team that they've played on paper. This is the most talented roster. I think Dak Prescott's going to have a nice day on uh, on this defense. Uh, even though New England's defense is good, I am going to take the Cowboys. Uh, like I said, the only way that they uh, the Cowboys lose this game is if they get drastically outcoached. Uh, possible, but I don't think it happens. I am going to take the Dallas Cowboys. 27 to 23 over the New England Patriots. You know, New England's main problem is they can't, they don't have an offensive, they don't have really an offensive thing that defenses can't stop or can't figure out. They're probably they're the most predictable offense in, in, in football. You know, everything can't be, you know, eight yard curl routes, you know, to Mohamed Sanu and Julian Edelman. You know, you can't. I, no Mohamed Sanu in this game either. No, okay, so it's Dorset Nettleman they have to figure out, right? Right. Okay. Uh, I think that Patriots defense is special, but I think, Mike, you're right. I think they're going to get a bit of a reality check here. Uh, it pains me to say this, but I'm going to get the slight edge to Dallas in another in a very close game. Uh, I like that score, 27-23. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go same score. I say 27-23, 27-24 in that range. It'll be by a field goal. I, I say. think Julian Edelman's going to have like 15 catches in this game. Yeah, I say I'm I say. Oh, I, I don't think Dak or Brady is going to have a great game. I think they'll both be pretty, like, ugly, maybe like a pick each, you know? But this will be a good game. I will... Monica's rolling with the Cowboys, of course. This is one of the toughest games I'll ever have to pick. It's the Patriots at home in Foxborough. They come back home after three days. They are so tough to beat in Foxborough. The Cowboys are talented. Yes, Dak is having a really good year. Zeke is a Zeke is Zeke. Their offensive line is better. They're defensively, they're pretty much even. The Cowboys have more stars on defense than the Patriots do. Coaching. Yes, I agree, Mike. Coaching is the only thing that will avoid, that will keep the Cowboys from winning this football game. This is the goal opportunity for the Cowboys. The Patriots are not going to have Muhammad Sanu. They're not going to have Phil Dorsett. Their offensive line's hurt. I will take the Dallas Cowboys. 24-21 Cowboys. But man, I I I have bet on the Patriots. I have bet against the Patriots so many times, especially in Foxborough, and I have come out of it looking like a fool. So Jason Garrett, 
I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. Go win this game for your Dallas Cowboys. Go win it. I will take the Cowboys 24-20. They should win this game. But I will they say, should. They should Tom, Brady, Tom Brady is angry after this Eagle game. You never want an angry Tom Brady. But I will say the Cowboys. It's a tough game to pick. Cowboys, don't make me look like a fool again every time I pick against the Patriots in Foxborough. Next one, Sunday Night Football. This is a great one. Niners-Packers. Oh. Niners-Packers in San Francisco, Santa Clara. That's got to be game of the week. Niners favored by three. Yeah, I think this is the game of the week. Uh, I am going to take... I'm going to take the 49ers by a hair in this game. I think it's going to be extremely hard fought. I think there's going to be a ton of sacks in this game. I think each of them are going to get sacked like four times. Um, That front seven, though, for San Francisco is just nasty. It is so good. Uh, I think schematically, San Francisco is smarter than Green Bay. I'm going to take the 49ers by the skin of their teeth. Uh, 24-23 Niners over the Packers Yeah, this is going to be a very close game A very defensive game uh, It's going to be tough for Aaron Jones To get him, to get some momentum going against that front seven uh, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be tough for uh, for, both, for wide receivers on both sides uh, Like, what's, Is Emmanuel Sanders playing? I think so what about yeah. Devontae? Devontae uh, well, Adams? George, George Kittle is day-to-day. D. Ford, Debo Samuel, Kawan Williams, all this is questionable. What about uh, Devontae Adams? He's healthy now, right? I think so, yes. yes okay. Uh, so I, I honestly, where is this game? Lambo? In Santa Clara. Okay, so I will take, I'll take the 49ers at home 24-20. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Monica's taking the Green Bay Packers in this one. I'm actually going to go with the Green Bay Packers in this one. The Packers. Oh, idiot. God. 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 Us. No. Oh, Kip. Let me make my pick, Kip. I will take the Packers here. I, I'm actually going to do it based on the quarterbacks. I will take Aaron Rodgers in this game over Jimmy Garoppolo. Both defenses are really good. Both defenses get after the quarterback. But, but I, and both defenses create turnovers. I'm going to bet on the quarterback. And the Niners probably have to have the advantage in terms of the coach. But I'm gonna, it's going to go up against either Rodgers or... Or Jimmy Garoppolo. One of these two are going to determine the football game, and I will go with Aaron Rodgers to do this. And Aaron Rodgers, with Sunday Night Football, he always plays so well in these primetime Sunday Night Football games. He always does. I will take the Packers in a great game, 28-24, Green Bay Packers. This will be a great game. Next one, Monday Night Football. Rams, Ravens in Los Angeles. City of Angels, the Ravens favored by two and a half. Who do we got, guys? Ravens, Rams. Uh, it's going to be Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. It's going to be a massive blowout. I don't think this game is going to be even close. Uh, give me the Ravens. Massive number. Massive score for the best team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens. I will say 36 to 23 over the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are not the same team from last year. It's, I mean, there's just so many problems. Uh, their offensive line is struggling hard. Gurley is just not who he used to be. Goff doesn't look the same. Uh, you know, they tried to make a push by signing Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I mean, they're, they're just not. Doesn't I think that I think the Rams dropped to six and five here, possibly out of playoff contention, third in their own division. So, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Baltimore steamrolls them. 28 to 13. And you know what? The future for the Rams does not look bright. You got Arizona as a fourth team in that division. They could easily become last in their own division within the next two or three years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ma- Maka's taking the Ravens in this game. I'm going with the Ravens, too. I think they're actually going to blow them out, too. I'll say around 28, 28 to 10. Very hard to bet against the Ravens right the now. The Ravens are just playing. They're just red hot. They're playing really well. They're all. I just don't trust best the Rams. Best team in the NFL. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, listen, it's fair to say best team in the AFC, best team in the NFL. I don't know. Uh, but the Ravens, again, defensively, they're playing really well. I think Marcus Peters is in for a big day. You know Marcus Peters is probably coming to this game with a little fire. Saying, Marcus okay, you guys Pe- you guys traded me for a fifth-round pick. Okay, watch this. I'm going to pick off Goff maybe a couple times. And that's the thing. This offensive line of the Rams is a mess. I think the Ravens' defense will do great against the Rams' offense. I know. I don't think I would have said that a couple months ago. Uh, and the Rams' defense just isn't that good. I know Wayfields might do some. I wouldn't be surprised if Wayfields does do some things to limit Lamar Jackson's offense. But I just think it's too much. I think it'll be too much, and the Rams' defense just doesn't play well. Aaron Donald can wreck this game, but I'll take the Ravens here. And off the bat, here, here we, we go. go. We'll see you next week. Friday Athlete Deathmatch. Here we go every Friday. Matt's favorite segment. Let's uh, do it. I, I, Matt, this is your favorite segment because I want you to partic- I want you to give me some matchups too. Okay. So, but I'll do one here. Jacoby Brissett versus Deshaun Watson. 6'2", 220. That's Deshaun Watson. He's had injuries, though. 6'4", 238. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's had injuries. I would probably take Brissett. I would probably take Brissett as well. Aaron Boone versus A.J. Hinch. I, I said this one. I said this one. <laughs> oh, I'm going Booney. 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 Booney all the way, man. Booney. Booney's all the way. Aaron Boone versus Rocco Baldelli. <laughs> hey, Rocco Baldelli is young, right? Baldelli's only I'd like, probably take Rocco Baldelli. I'd probably take Baldelli, too, honestly. Probably take that Him and that ball head. And he's still in shape. Yeah, Baldelli's like... Rocco like, Baldelli looks like he's still in shape. Yeah. Let's keep the thing with managers, huh? Let's go with... Mike Socha versus Ma- Joe Madden. <laughs> there you go. Mike Socha versus Joe Madden. Managers that have been in the league for 50 years. I think yeah. I take Socha. I think I take Socha. So it's Socha versus Joe, Joe Madden. Madden. Socha. Yeah. Socha. Yeah, by far. Let's go with, let's go with more LB managers. Alice Core versus Carlos Beltran. We mentioned, we mentioned him before on the show, so I guess... I'll take Beltron. Yeah, I'll take Beltron. Uh, yeah, probably Carlos Beltron. By a hair, though. Alex Cora looks like he doesn't quit. A.J. Hinch versus... <laughs> I would say Aaron Boone. Wait, I already did A.J. Hinch. Yeah, I'm not going to do A.J. Hinch again. Let's go with Dave Roberts against Brad Ausmus. Brad Ausmus by a mile. I go Brad Ausmus. Let's go with NFL head coaches. Mike, Mike, John Harbaugh versus Jason Garrett. Who wins this epic battle? John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh would spear Jason Garrett. Hard. Hard. (laughs) Hard. Not even close. All right. uh, I got one ready. Go for it. Adam Gase. (laughs) Versus, there's a reason I picked Adam Gase. Ad, okay, Adam Gase versus Sean McVay. Oh. Sean McVay. I feel like Adam Gase would just like stare at him 
and then McVeigh would just like melt into a puddle because Gase has just weird mind control yeah. powers. He puts his hat all the way down, he stares at him, and McVeigh just convulses and just <laughs> evaporates into a pile what, of in, snakes. Indiana, what, is Indiana Jones or the Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yes. Speaking of Raiders, Master versus, <laughs> Master versus Apprentice, John Gruden versus Sean McVeigh. I'd probably go Gruden. I want to say Gruden, too. I'd probably say Gruden. I have one. Go for it. Mike McCarthy Ooh. versus Andy Reid. Oh. That's a that's a wrestling match That would right be there. a sweaty fight. <laughs> that would be a sweaty fight. I think I would take Mike McCarthy because he's angry he got fired. All right, how about this? I'm going to go... Hang on. All right, I'll, I'll throw this one out there. Mike McCarthy versus Freddie Kitchens. Oh, that's even a sweatier fight. That's such a sweaty fight. I'd probably fight. still take Mike. I think I'm taking McCarthy. Frank Reich oh, versus, versus Doug Peterson. Yes, Doug Peterson. Do it. Master versus Apprentice. Frank, Frank Reich. I'll take Reich. I'll, I would take Frank Reich. Peterson looks like he'd get tired. <laughs> All right, ready, 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 ready. Uh, Pete Kaler... Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll versus Belichick. Oh, Pete I'm, Carroll. I might have yeah? Carroll. I might have Carroll. Pete Carroll. I would take Pete Carroll. Okay. Bill Belichick versus oh my gosh, uh, versus I just had Matt Patricia. Master versus Apprentice. Oh wow. Matt Patricia. I take Patricia. Yeah. All right, I got one. Go for it. Mike Vrabel. Oh God, so that's gonna be hard to beat, man. <laughs> versus that's a linebacker. Ron Rivera. No, that's a sick. Uh, that would be so awesome. dead even, but I think I'd take Vrabel. I might have to take Vrabel because he's I younger. Think, yeah. All right, how about this? How about this then? That was, that's, a good, that's, that's a, a good tough one. one. Mike Vrabel versus Dan Quinn. Ooh, I, still, I might still go Vrabel. Vrabel's Vrabel. huge, dude. Wow, that was a really, really good one. I, 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 I was like, I had Mike Vrabel in my head because he's just jacked out of his yeah. mind. I was like, who would it? Ron Rivera. That's a good one. Ron Rivera looks like he works out a lot. <laughs> he works out a lot. Looks like he, he's in shape. Yeah, he does. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Uh, how about... Oh, ready, ready? I got a good one. Go. Kyle Shanahan or Cliff Kingsbury? I'm going to I'm gonna have to go Kingsbury. Shanahan. Shanahan. I would take I feel Shanahan. Like, I feel like in a bar, they'd be like, bro, you spilled your Coors Light on my jeans, bro. Really, bro? You want to push me right now, bro? Like, they would be like, bro, bro, bro. Now that's, bro, bro, bro. Now that's Randy Marsh right there. I'm handsomer than you. No, I'm handsomer than you. A lot of bros. Now that's Randy Marsh right there. I respect you, bro. I do respect Kyle, you, bro. Kyle Shanahan versus Matt LaFleur. Shanahan. I'd say Shanahan. Shanahan, I would probably agree. I'd probably agree. Anthony Lynn versus Mike Tomlin. Oh, I might have to go Tomlin. I'll go Tomlin too. Tomlin, Tomlin. Tomlin just looks like he handles business. I feel like he doesn't get disrespected. Tomlin versus Belichick. Tomlin, Tomlin easily. Tomlin would kill Belichick. Tomlin easily. Uh huh. Hmm. Trying to think. Robert Kraft versus Jerry Jones. Oh my God! Yeah. Jerry's a football player. That'd dude. be like Dumbledore and Voldemort. Jerry's I, a football player. I think player. I would take Jerry. Jerry's I mean, a football Jerry. player. I would take Jerry. Punch him in the forehead. Leave a ring, I would. Ring I would mark take right Jerry. Jerry's an. What was he? An offensive lineman in Arkansas? He was. <laughs> I'd take Jerry. Let's go to the NBA. Steve Kerr versus Mike D'Antoni. Steve Kerr. Kerr. I would take Steve Kerr. All right, ready, ready. Doc Rivers 
or David Fisdale? Mm, David Fisdale. Fisdale. Yeah. I would go Fisdale. I like Fizz too. I would probably go for David Fisdale. All right. How about Rick Carlisle versus Greg Popovich? Pop. I'm not picking against Pop. Even though he's a thousand years old, I'd pick Pop. You Pop, Pop is just a rugged, mean, yeah, Pop, angry. Pop will bite his ass or something. <laughs> he's always angry. Punch you right in the kidney. He's just a mean, he angry dude. He wouldn't allow you to get to your feet. How about this? No, yeah. Pop a would triple, just start laughing. A triple threat match of the three most angriest, meanest, just looks like he hates everyone coach. Coaches. Nick Saban versus Belichick versus Greg Popovich in a triple Stop. threat match. I think I might take Saban overall. I would take Saban. I take Saban, yeah. Oh, Saban. ready, ready, Mike? Vrabel versus Ed Orgeron. <laughs> oh, that's. Vrabel that's versus kick, Ed Orgeron. That's, that's kick ass. That's awesome. I would pay good money to see that fight. Orgeron just. <laughs> the whole time. I'm going to put this guy on his hand. <laughs> I take, I, I'm taking Orgeron. I think I'm taking Orgeron, dude. Oh, my it's God. Because Vrabel would be like. This guy don't know who he's dealing with. I'm doing this for the great state of Louisiana. That sounds, sounds like he's cutting a WWE promo. I take Vrabel. I mean, uh, I mean Orgeron. Go Taggers. Go Taggers. Yeah, Orgeron. I think I would take Orgeron. Yeah. I really do. Ed Orgeron is a massive. He's a big dude. He's a massive guy. Big guy. Big guy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. This is so fun. I love coaches. Coaches is great. Coaches is good. That's good. I want to think of like a couple more really good ones. Want to go like defensive coordinators or offensive that's, that's, coordinators? That's that's so weird. That's what I'm doing right now. That's defensive what I'm that's what I'm trying to think right now. I can't think of that many. Like, uh, I'm thinking Rex, Rex Ryan, I guess. <laughs> Rob Ryan. Rob Ryan. Rex or Rob Ryan? I I I take Rob. Honestly, I take Rob. I would take Rob too. I take Rob Ryan. I got faith in Rob. Uh, huh. Greg Williams against. Well, Greg Williams is just angry all the time. I want to put Greg Williams in there against. Uh, nah. I He's I, like nah. Yeah, never. Well, no, I know, I know. I'm, I'm saying nah because I'm looking at some. I'm looking at some of the other D coordinators. I'm like, mm, who do I want to match up with Greg Williams against? Marinelli? Nah. Nah. James Betcher? Mm. I was going to say Betcher against Freddie Betcher? Kitchens because they look exactly alike. They look, they look probably. Freddie Kitchens. They look exactly the same. I take Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. I wouldn't bet anyone from the Giants coaching staff. Oh, boy. Doug Marone versus Vic Fangio. I don't even think Doug Marone. Is Doug Marone even the coach of the Jags anymore? Yeah. Wow. Doug uh, Marone versus Vic Fangio. I might have to go Fangio. I might go, I might go Marone, honestly. I don't know if I take Fangio. Fangio's just Marone a cranky too. man. He's cranky. He just again. He's a cranky dude. I like Doug Marone too. I think. I okay, really ready, would. ready. Matt Nate. Oh, Matt. Mike Patton against Greg Williams. Mm. Mike Patton. Patton. Yeah. I would take Mike Patton. Uh, Matt Nagy or Bill O'Brien. Nagy. O'Brien. Nagy. Really? Definitely Nagy. I have to go okay. All right. Uh. All right. Two more, and then we'll go. Ah oh, man, oh man. Uh... <laughs> All right, let's really think. I'm trying to think of teams we just haven't thought of. Trying to think of teams we haven't thought of. Yeah, thought of a, like a lot, <laughs> like yeah, a right. lot. Yeah. Uh, 
But like the ones that I'm thinking of are like interesting. Brian Flores versus Zach Taylor. Like, no one nah. cares. I take Flores, but by the way. Yeah, Flores. I take Flores. Uh, okay. Sean McVay versus Sean McDermott. Oh, I, I thought I was that's so funny because the, the name that came by was Sean Payton, and I was like, oh wait, is he about to say Sean Payton? Uh, uh, uh maybe McDermott. I think I would take McDermott. Too. I think I'd take McDermott. Yeah. Used to that, uh, yeah. Used to that Buffalo cold. That's right. Yeah. Ev, what do you think, Sean McDermott or Sean McVay? Ooh, I might have to go Sean McDermott. Yeah, I think I think I clean might, sweep for McDermott. I, I might have to go McDermott. Uh, okay, okay. Um, Mike Zimmer, who's an old dude, he's another old coach, versus Pat Shermer. Former former coworkers. Yeah. I take Zimmer. I take Zimmer. I, I wouldn't, would take I would, Zimmer too. I wouldn't trust Shermer to beat up anyone. I'd take Zimmer too. I would, I would too. I would take Zimmer. Alright. Evan, you got one more chance. Come uh, up with a good one. Uh, I got uh, I wanna do like a battle of like the owners or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. The only two owners that anybody knows are Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones. Jimmy Haslam. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Against. John Dorsey versus Dave Gettleman. Okay. Oh, my God. John Dorsey versus Dave Dorsey. Come on, man. I got to take Dorsey. I would take John Dorsey, buddy boy. I'll take, stay, I'll take John Dorsey, buddy boy. You're oh, gonna ready, pick me ready, fight. ready. I got You're one. You're going to pick me a fight? I like that. Hey, That's hey, Cleveland Browns. All right, ready? Hey, hey, buddy boy. All right, ready? Last one. Uh, Andy Reid versus Bruce Arians. I might have to go oh. with Arians. I might have to go with Arians there. I would think I would take Arians. I think I would take Bruce Arians, too. That's a good one. I didn't think of him. That's a good one. Wow, that's a good one. The battle of the two All people right. that could be Maul Santas. All right. Friday Athlete Deathmatch. Get that going into your weekend. That was such a good one. Matt Catarazzolo wearing his New York sports scene hat that he just got today uh matt catarazzolo evan Mazza, my producer i'm mike guido this is the haystack and the worldwide sports radio network we'll be back tomorrow we'll see you you're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio network